everyone merry christmas ho 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 welcome to this festive completely unnecessary podcast for uh tuesday december 22nd 2020 that's uh sugar plum dancing ian ferguson yeah i'm I'm here Um, that's um, pat country magical candy cane pat country the candy cane kid uh on the show today we'll be talking about the release of the long-awaited waited waited uh, VCS. We're talking about another video game appearance on Pawn Stars. Those are always fun. We like we have to talk about those legally. Um, we're talking about uh, messing with scalpers. All good fun, and a Patreon poll topic. Um, there was a lot of fun stuff happening over the weekend. Ian, I'm filming. I'm filming uh, uh, an NES Punk video for Christmas. Trying 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 to do two years in a row where my video comes out before Christmas. Traditionally, my, my video comes out on Christmas or way after. But last year, it, it came out 24th last year. 24th to 25th, I did the schedule for, but I, it was done. I was going to the airport, and I was gone. So that was good. So that's what I did. So when I was going through that, Ian, first of all, what did you do during the, during the weekend? Let me just start with you. Besides <sighs> yawn. Um, so I, it's just, it's, it's, it's retail time, baby. It's the holidays, and even though people should be staying at home, We've been really busy. We were busy Saturday. We were busy Sunday. Sunday night, I played D and D. That was a good time. Uh, and then Did your warlock uh, beat the dragon. Uh, no, there was no dragons. We're fighting large birds. Large birds. Okay. Large birds. Yeah, so you have archery and skills and yeah, magicians. Large birds is what we're currently fighting in a swamp. Um, we need one of their eyeballs. Uh, so. <laughs> Monday, uh, Vonnie went down to Tijuana to drop off some gifts for her mom and to pick up tamales, which are our traditional Christmas feast. Aha! Uh-huh. Traditional Christmas feasting, tamales. Um, and then yesterday, I actually got a surprise package from my parents. I wasn't expecting it. Um, they shipped me my Apple IIe. Oh, so, hey, here you talk about that for years. Yep. Uh, so I'm really happy to have that. I love that stupid computer. It's you gonna not- set it up in the corner there. Yeah, to the mixer. Yep, and it's um, it's not the one that I grew up with in my parents' house, but it is the one that my grandparents have had since I've had memories. So what happened was is they held on to it forever and ever. Then they um, finally upgraded when I was like 14 or 15, and my aunt and my uncle took it, and then. Um, like four or five years later when I was like 18, 19, I had just moved out of my parents' house. I got a call and they're like, we're going to get rid of this computer. Do you want it? And I was like, yeah, 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 I want it. I was like, don't, don't get rid of it. Don't get rid of it. Definitely the software, especially the software. Right. Especially the software. Um, so yeah, yeah, I've had it since, but I left it in Buffalo and I did not test it out last night. I'll test it out today, but it was, they tested it before they've sent it out and it was working fine. And I, I usually set it up and use it when I go home. I've had, the, I've had the Apple IIe's in my garage forever, so you can always borrow them or take it. I love them. Did you see any software? Um, so some of the shit that was copied onto discs over time, some of the pirated stuff okay. is on there. No originals. Um, the 
there is some original cool. stuff, nothing crazy oh. good though. And then unfortunately they did not send out my Scholastic Microzine. So I, I really like the educational software for the Apple II. And Scholastic did a um what they called the Scholastic Microzine, and they would send it out to school computer labs, and it always had like a bunch of educational games on there. Oh. They, they did them every couple of months. It yeah. was like a subscription. Oh, we didn't have that. And uh, yeah, they were awesome. Didn't have that in my Catholic school. There. So what did I do? I, okay. So this is the, the thing I was going to get into. You know, I'm getting my mental health getting better. I've been here at Castle Country three years to the day tomorrow was when I moved in. You believe Indeed. that? Um, it's crazy. It's I, wild. So, so a couple months ago. I finally organized the N64 games. They're in alphabetical order. The remaining ones are the Turbo ones, which take me five minutes. There's not many of them. No. The whole Sega wall is not organized. All the Sega systems over there. But I finally, finally organized my Super Nintendo games because I was looking for a couple uh, that I had as a kid, which we went over on the phone. In going through them, Ian, I found... uh, Guess how many doubles I found? And this is why you have a game list so you don't buy doubles didn't stop pat over the years because obviously the super nintendo games is not on my in my head as much as the nes games how many doubles do you think that that i found not a huge amount but not like a couple 25 no 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 not that many that would be like i clinically throw me in a fucking padded room and lock and lock me up forever i found eight uh so we're gonna play a little game here uh we're gonna play a game if ian can guess i'm gonna give you like three guesses to, uh, to get one of the eight because it's the most eclectic, batshit crazy list of doubles you have ever seen. <laughs> that makes no sense at all, how I have doubles of these. Uh, like, oh, one actually kind of makes a little bit of sense, I know when I bought that one. The rest don't make any sense. F-Zero? No. Uh, super Batter Up? No. Huh? Super Soccer? No, that was horrible. That was a horrible choice, e. I was trying to I said eclectic. Like, Give me one more. One more weird game that I might possibly have. Uh, weird? I don't know. Uh, Uniracers. Uh, no. That's closer to the target. Okay. You ready? Yeah. These are the doubles I have. Some of these are fucking crazy. You're going to be like, Pat, why do you have doubles of these? Okay. We're going to start with the more common ones. Uh, stunt race effects. So when you went to Uniracers, you got a little closer. Okay. So I got a stunt stunt race effects. Again, double. Like some of these, this is crazy. Um, Tasmania. I got a double Tasmania. Not sure why. Maybe a swap meet thing for a buck. It's cheap. But, but I should have... Sh- Looked at my list and not put it on the shelf. Tasmania. It's very, very cheap. Um, p- super pinball behind the mask for some reason. I was probably like, oh, it's a pinball game. That's weird. Um, super Putty. So Super Putty is one in the last Free Market Madness that came out, Volume 36. I bought the game. I bought this game in that. <laughs> so you, you saw when I bought the. That was likely a double. If not, that was me buying it originally and not thinking, looking at my list. Oh, Pat assumes I don't have Super Putty because it's kind of an uncommon game. So you do have a but, list or you don't have a list? I have a list of all my okay. games now at this point. And just I, and 99% are on there. Um, the Adventure of Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends. I hate this game on the NES. It's no one so likes it. bad on the So NES. why would I have two of them on the Super Nintendo? Because you wanted to give it another chance. The last three are going to be like, what the fuck on these? Breath of Fire, I have a double of Breath of Fire. I was gonna it doesn't guess, make any sense. I was going to guess some sort of RPG. It doesn't make any sense. This, this I would have guessed the Final Fantasy. What does this go for now? Are they like 30, 40 bucks? Probably. Well, it's going in the great sale for 2021. It's going. Here's the last two. A very uncommon game, Looney Tunes B-Ball, I have two of. Both the labels are wrecked on these, so I'm guessing this is one of those type of games where the labels are always wrecked on this. Um, I bought one of these at Too Many Games 
because I saw I this was maybe the last two minute games a couple years ago because there was a bin of like cheap sports games or cheaper games and I'm like oh this game is not easy to find it at all should not have been in there should not have been in there I'm not saying it's worth a lot of money but this this is a, a very uncommon game right. um, borderline rare so both of my labels are screwed up so but it's going in the great self and the number one one I not only have two of these I have two of these. I have two of the Jungle Strike with the with the weird like demo retail label. I have two of these, so so you see these from time to time, right? These come these these somehow get out there. So these must have been like retail demos that they sent I've out. Seen it. I think I've seen exactly that. So I have a couple of Once. different games with labels like this. Um, so, but you can look online. People are like these are real. These are real games. These aren't bootlegs. Um, people online on Nintendo Age, rest in peace. The forums were good for stuff like that. People would collect all the ones with labels like this, like King Griffey Junior. Baseball, some first party ones. So I have two of these with this weird label. It's going on in the great sale of 2021. So is that just is that interesting? So now I'm not guessing I have eight Genesis doubles, what but I won't be shocked. Oh yes, there's an asshole that uses that. Yeah. Uh, as a, as a catchphrase. So the Genesis games are next. I gotta send. Uh, I gotta send your better half uh, my list of Sa- uh, Saturn games. Still, I don't have a lot of Saturn games to have doubles. You can see all the Saturn games right there. It's like three shelves uh, full. Then the PlayStation stuff. So I gotta I gotta re- organize this stuff. I just think that's you don't think that's amusing, Ian. So you know what's amusing though, Ian? Yeah. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Merry Christmas. Look at look at that. I look how great I wrapped that. My wrapping has improved exponentially in the past ten years. Oh, yeah. Ooh. On camera, Ian. People are, look at... Uh, yeah! Came with the bag, too? That's well, impressive. Well, no. It's a, I, I sourced out the bag. City Connection, Ian, for our radio listeners. That's awesome. So it's a City Connection. This was a, a limited run a, a few years ago by, I guess, a famous Japanese artist. Um, yeah. City Connection. There's a couple different designs, and you can't find these anymore. No, they were only released in Japan. This is an XL, which means I'm going to have trouble squeezing into it as an L. But it'll give me a reason to lose some weight. I thought we talked about this. Yeah, that, we did. It'll fit better because yeah. Japanese people exactly. are smaller. Yeah, exactly. So, so, or you can beef up. No, no, I'll probably need to lose a little. Oh, that'll be, that'll be too it'll probably small? It'll probably be a little little tight. It'll be schmediumish. It'll be a little schmediumish on my, my, but, large, <laughs> my large untoned body. But, I, but I, found, I found the tote, so you have the tote Thank now. you, sir. I, this is great. This is that is cute? Super nice art. Too. And the quality, the quality in the t-shirt is really nice. When you touch the yeah. like, the, it's, it's it's good quality t-shirt. It is. This is a good quality tote. I can't wait to be the man about town. The man about town with your tote, your city connection tote. Yeah. There you go, Patrick. buddy. There I appreciate you go. it. I'm nice every every once in a year. A year. That is I'm good awesome. for it. I'll make Je- Alex jealous. Make Alex jealous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, Gerard, you didn't buy me city connection <laughs> tote. All right. Well, there you go. And, and a, t- a couple tamas that will do do it for me. All right, um, Cyberpunk is a fiasco officially. I don't love that name. It's a fiasco. Fiasco. It's a fiasco. It is officially a fiasco. Um, so we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, and the update. Uh, look, look. Update. If you haven't been paying attention, the uh, news is that a, as of a few days ago, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven was pulled from the Sony store. Just pulled right off. Um, so it can't be purchased uh, for an indefinite amount of time until CD Projekt Red um, patches the game to run uh, reasonably properly on first-generation hardware. 
well, not first generation, last generation hardware. Yeah, the the, the base PS4, base Xbox uh, One, and I think even the mid tier last gen. There's problems with it, but definitely the original ones. It just can't run it right correctly. Um, yeah, I've heard of like you know frame rates and it's in their teens. Yeah, I mean, the game being basically unplayable. Assets popping in 30 seconds after you're on the street. Like, it'll, it takes forever to load in the assets. Uh, the assets look uh, two gens back on some of it. Like, it looks like PS3 graphics. And nowadays, it's like, wow, that's not, well, it's not, it's not PS5, but it's not PS4. Like, so, so the game was not ready for launch. It should not have been released. So, Sony pulled it down, and um, immediately there was, I, I think a lot of people saw it as a good move, uh, as a you know, an example, uh, making an example of we have to stop releasing games in this horrifyingly, you know, these unfinished conditions. Um, And companies need to be more honest now about where their games are at in terms of uh, how well they run on hardware that is being targeted as a a release. Um, One of the popular talking points since Cyberpunk 2077 has come out is from some people who are defending the game is that, well, if it's playing on an original PlayStation 4 or an original Xbox One, what did you expect? Well, I expected it to run, seeing as how... when You expected it to be a buggy piece of shit. Right. When the game was originally supposed to come out this past spring, there would have been no next-gen hardware it was to developed run this on. for ps4 and xbox one it was right. developed for those official playstation 5 and xbox uh series uh versions of the game are not out yet like i mean what we're playing is being you know enhanced on these new generation consoles sure. or the half-step measures that we talk about like the playstation 4 pro or the xbox uh one x but those have at least a little bit of power to semi-run but these things this yeah. was originally for the last generation of systems so I, I don't. That's that's not an excuse. Um, it well, should have run on the systems it said it was going to run on. Yeah, that's not like a, there's no there's no like gray area there. Don't put it out for a system that can't run on it. That's it. As we said last week, that is the whole point, or that was at one point in time, and it may be disappearing rapidly. But that is the main point of owning a console: is that it, it, it. No worry. It eliminates a lot all that guesswork. You buy it. It's certified. It goes through, well, it's supposed to go through certification that states that it runs fine on this system. But the rumor from last week, I don't know if it's a rumor or if it's been proven, but was basically that Sony and Microsoft hand-waved the certification so they could get it out in time. Get their money. Uh, basically, uh, you know... Uh, in goodwill, you know they were just. They would like, assume, maybe they assume this won't be a broken piece of shit. Right. We haven't seen something like this before happen with a game of this stature. We haven't seen it. We have never ever seen a company like Sony rip a game off of their store and say no, you can't sell it. And before people jump in with um, Batman Arkham Knight on uh, PC, it was Warner Brothers themselves that pulled the game down. They pulled their own game down, and even that's kind of unprecedented to have a launch that bad that you're just like, we gotta take this off the store until we're ready. But this is this is different. This is someone else saying, Sony. This yeah. is someone else saying like, whoa, your game is so broken, you can't sell it on our store. You're upsetting our customers. We don't care if we're making money on it now. This is bad for business in general. So uh, and Microsoft didn't do that, but Microsoft's giving refunds to anyone who wants it. Right. So one of yeah. the main reasons Sony needed to do this is because Sony is not as good with refunds as uh, Microsoft is or the Steam Store, places like that where you can get the game. Uh, from I, I have not had any experience with an Xbox console since my 360, but I've heard that Microsoft is actually pretty pretty generous when it comes to giving refunds um, 
to people who are dissatisfied with their games. So there really is no reason for Microsoft to pull it off the store because you'll get your refund if you get it and you don't like it and it doesn't work. Um, Sony does not have a particularly robust refund policy in place. So that is one of the main reasons they pulled the game off the stores because they don't really have a refund policy in place to handle this issue. And a lot of people think, and I think perhaps rightly so, that um, CD Projekt Red caught the ire of Sony when they made that big announcement and said, you know, uh, we want you to get refunds. Go talk to Sony. I mean, basically... They they threw Sony under the bus. Yeah, we're sorry. We want you to have refunds. Now we're washing our hands of it. So so Everyone else handle our problem. So Sony's like, fuck you. The game is gone. Boom. Right. We're going to kill you now. And th- and this made the New York Times this story. Like, yes, yeah, this, so is, this is not small. This is like imagine if imagine I'm trying to make an analog to movies. If Avengers Endgame came out with like scenes missing, so when everyone goes in the theater, you're like, what the hell just happening? I watched that like there was like scenes missing. What, what I, I, I can't. That's AMC the equivalent. Is like we can't. Wa- We're gonna pull the movie because it shows it the first weekend. Yeah. After it was built up, this was going to be like the this was going to be like the game of the year for years. People are like, this is going to be the, the next GTA. This is going to be the next big thing. You know, C- CD Project Project Red is going to be like they're going they're going to be like Rockstar going forward. This is going to be it. Now, now they had their Achilles tendon like torn. They're just they're just flopping down over here. Jesus, violent. I, I don't know why I thought about it. I don't, I thought, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little concerned, though, like, man. Achilles has been tight lately, but also I don't know why I thought about Bill Murray uh, saying that in Caddyshack. Yeah, just take care of snapping your attention there. He'll, he'll go off the shot. That's not know why I thought about that great scene. They improv most of that scene, by the way. Uh, Bill Murray they improv'd and, a lot and, of and that Chevy movie, Chase. didn't they? Uh, after the fact, I think they did, yeah. And most of that ended up in the movie, the improv stuff. Yeah. And the scripted uh, stupid stuff with the caddy that no one cared about. They, mm-hmm. they got rid of most of that story. Sorry, a little Caddyshack history. Love that movie. Um, okay. So now you're, they're looking at, they have, you know, this is a traded company, public traded company. They have also, you know, te- technically, if you're a stockholder, you're an investor, technically, but investors. They're not a thinking lawsuit because the, the investors are like, what the fuck happened? Now you're costing us money. You're costing the company money. You came out with a product you shouldn't have. In long term, that's bad for business. So there's, there might be a lawsuit that happens because of this. Right. Uh, going after the people in charge. Going after uh, if the board of directors uh, of the company. You have a fiduciary duty on a public trade. I love the term. To fiduciary. Ma- your, your duty. <laughs> if you, your duty. Duty. Do it, your duty. Do your fiduciary duty. Is to make the the company <laughs> make the poo poo, but m- make the company money. You have you have a, literally a legal obligation to make the company money. This is the exact opposite of that. This is almost going out of your way to lose, lose the company, the company money, money yes. through refunds and uh, one of the biggest comp- uh, one of the biggest video game companies pulling your game, so you can't make money. So, what the fuck's going on? So obviously they rushed this this piece of garbage out the door. When they could have just said, you know what, we'll come out with the PS5 and Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series S, and then we'll wait. We'll wait like three, four months uh, on this and see. But obviously they wanted the profit now. They want to get it now. I don't know what pressure was going on. They didn't want to delay it again. I get that. But this is the problem when you release this shit and it's not ready. This is the worst possible scenario. Because now you're... you're, you're it's bad. You, you pissed off your stockholders who might sue you. For some fraudulent activity or misrepresentation of knowing what the fuck you were doing, which is what's true, you crunched your employees 
and for what? For no. And, and now for what? And now, you, and now that you're is con- the thing that honestly gets me is you know the the crunch is that it's is, is so you can release a good product on time is always what they say. Some crunch is necessary in a good final product, but if you don't have a final product, well, I mean, you, you had no end it, game here. It's almost like that a, is sad. It's well, very, it, well, it's, just, it's sad. Well, it sounds like you know the, the the PS5 and Xbox Series X are okay. So maybe maybe they just focus on that and didn't even focus on these versions at all. Which right. is dumb because most of the people own the past gen consoles. What did we say the percentage was? It was like eighty over eighty percent of or not not no, the Series X and forty one percent of people playing Cyberpunk are trying to play it on a um, base model PS4 or Xbox One. Okay, it was forty one percent. That's what we saw. But but then you have the, the Pro, and then you have the the, the, um, the mid tier ones. You know, Xbox. Uh, Got Xbox One S. I'm, I'm even getting confused by it. So the whole point is, though, you have like a, a chunk of these that are not ready for retail just about. Not ready. Because now we're dealing with a situation where you got to... It's like a PC. Well, what does my system have? Can I run this properly? Right. It's, it's a mess. So there's a nice New York Times article goes through the history of, of the company going back to the 90s when they used to... In Poland, uh, these two guys used to literally import games to release them that was their business and then they, they started doing games after that it's a nice little story now it's a behemoth and now it's out of control um, according to this article it was first announced in 2012 so that's when they first announced it so eight eight years in the making eight years what a disaster this is gonna so I hope I hope they turn around because people want to play a game that's good that they pay for I hope that this is uh the No Man's Sky sort of situation where they keep uh, you know getting the game up to speed, but that game you can at least play. It just didn't have any features that were promised. No Man's Sky, right? It wasn't a buggy mess. It just didn't have the features. It didn't look like it was advertised. So that was bad. This is worse because you can't even play the fucking. Game. It was bad. It oh. also was a team of twenty. I, sure. I, I I don't want to go back and try to make and pit them against each other and try to make the excuses. I do think that I just think that's a similar situation to some assets, but this is a much bigger release. Yes, there that. are some similarities, but not nearly as many as I think people think oh sure but that well, well, well sony was propping up that game too which didn't help them right i was like this is our big ps4 game and it was like well anyway um yeah so there's there's investors that in the, that are quoted it's like yeah we're thinking about suing here and uh it's gonna be a, it might be a legal mess because you're talking when you pull a game from a store like this during the holidays and then you put in all the extra time and money to have these employees that are going to crunch more to get these base they even said that this will not be as good as the P- they basically said this won't be as good as even the PC we're going to get it closer it won't be as good they, they right. said that and, and they were stuck because obviously the game probably bloated at some point and they want to make it look as great as possible we want it to look next gen oh all of a sudden oh wait we can't do this game anymore on these older consoles we just can't it, it sort of passed us by at yeah. some point and what do you do what do you do Welcome to console gaming, what you thought you'd never see. You can't play a game on a console you bought it for. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? All right, anything else to add? Or No. What, what a, a fiasco. All right, we have a quick update on, on Paprium. That, update. So it's getting in people's hands. This is the Genesis brawler that um, uh, people were telling me, several people told me, said, hey, Pat, I, I pre-ordered this. They were taking money for this. As, as early as 2012 for this this this, uh, this small French team was taking money for this game. Yeah, so I wanted to touch on that because when I was reading that article last week when we talked about it and said since 2017, that seemed fairly short. I think 2012 was 
when they started taking the money. I think 2017 was when there was some sort of that was the online. I, I think that website I think there video. was also some sort of change in who was involved. I can't quite recall, but anyway, um, I haven't seen a full review of this game yet, though. Neither have I. But it doesn't work on the Mega SG. People are telling me, and certain models of the Genesis, I guess, slash Mega Drive, it doesn't work on. Because there's special chips inside the card or whatever to make it function properly. I don't know. Right. It's a horrible situation still. Speaking of, speaking of stuff that take, take forever to get out. Hey, 2012, the same year they're now Cyberpunk. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. Eight years later and they're, and they're messes. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's a bummer because I kind of would like to play the game. You know, I, I like beat-em-ups. I like uh, the Genesis um, considerably. Uh, and some of the gameplay that it shows, you know, does look fairly, fairly decent. Uh, it doesn't look, you know, super bad or anything. Um, but I just, ha- I, I don't want to, s- I, I find it tough to support this attitude that the guy <laughs> has. No, it's it. bullshit. Yeah. Let's not tell anyone about money. I've, I've taken all this money for years. Who knows what I did with it? And now I'm going to just drop this on your lap. I saw um, someone posted there was like a letter that came with the game, and I saw that late last night, and it was, I don't know, it was, let me read something from this letter. Was it cute? Was it fucking cute? It was definitely trying to be, you know, cute to a degree, Um, but also it just, it was kind of like excuses and back padding, and when you got, when you got people's money, don't be cute. We don't want to hear excuses. Don't take people's money if you're not going to put something out. That's so, the bottom in line. conclusion, I'm not going to go through the whole letter, but the conclusion was, this is from Gwenael Fonzi, God, the, Fonzi. the guy. Hey. Would I do it again? Maybe yes, to pursue the Sega 16-bit legacy. Oh, only, new, only new 16-bit games matters. Anything else is gadgets or commentaries. Again, a big thanks to everyone involved, customers and supporters. Don't listen to the mediocres. This is a rare achievement and a huge success. Oh, oh eat my ass. Fonzie. The game is there. That's all that matters. That's all that, that's all that matters, huh, Fonzie? That's all that matters. Not that you, no communication for several years and who knows what you're doing and having your stupid uh, party, uh, your little party you book in some fucking uh, hall somewhere and showing nothing after years and years. Yeah, I don't care what you do, but once you take people's money and, you, and you're past the point when you say something's going to come out, shut the fuck up and make your product. Just shut up. This is insulting. This is insulting. I even order one. It's ridiculous. I don't, this is one of the most angered I've got about things. Out of everything we've ever talked about was this. This and fucking Paul D. Are the two most things I've gotten angry about, yeah, probably. Paul D, absolutely. It's, um, just, it's just the, most, the worst way to do business possible. Jesus. Because it makes everyone else look bad, like me who tries to do independent stuff. Because then this, this gives everyone else a bad name. When you fuck around and you do dumb shit uh, like this, you act unprofessionally like a jackass. Like, a, like a, you're cl- you're clowning, you're clowning everyone. You're, you're not saying, "Hey, yeah, sorry, it's been several um, several years past the expiration date on this project." Uh, but isn't it cute that I did this? Fuck off, man. I don't, it's it's so it's so disgusting. Then and we'll see the CD project red freaking uh, whatever the higher ups um, allowing this game to go forward is disgusting as well, obviously. Uh, to, to release these base models. By the way, I forgot to say, Best Buy even accepted returns. A retail store 
We're, we're, oh, now we're, we're jumping back into cyberpunk. I forgot to mention this. This is very oh, yeah. important. This is how messed up this is uh, about this. They were refunding. If you open the game, the physical one, and they were allowing you to return it up to December 21st. I don't know why there was a time limit on it. Uh, but they were allowing returns. I've never heard of that before. That's crazy. It's usually like, well, whatever. Not even exchange. I don't know what they do when you open a game up, a physical game in the past. For the NES game, you're out of luck. Back in the day, you can, that was a big thing with NES games. You couldn't return a right. crappy NES game. They wouldn't allow it. You had to show that it was broken, which never happened. Because if you, if you dropped it in, into mud. All right, sorry about that. No more, no, more, no more cyberpunk crap until it works. Don't buy cyberpunk until it works. All right. Uh, do you think Twitch streamers should go to should go to jail? No, I don't think Twitch streamers should go to jail. It's fucking ridiculous. Senator Tom Tillis, asshat, uh, wants Twitch streamers DMCA strikes to have felony jail time, according to this article. Um, he's from North Carolina. He wants law enforcement to have the tools necessary to combat a real crime, unlawful copyright use. That's so tongue in cheek, uh, right there. Uh, what's so weird about this is that it's it's a it's a it's should, it's usually a civil matter, uh, you know, copyright. It's not like you're going to go in jail usually. Right. I know with the FBI warning stuff like that to scare you off, but ninety nine percent of the time it's a it's a civil matter unless you go over the line and are, are doing something really obscene, like you know you're like uh, hacking into Nintendo and things like that, and you know, you're going to face jail time because it's federal stuff. Uh, but most of the time it's like a civil civil thing. Uh, so, or, or misdemeanor, and hear that he wants it to be a felony offense. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude. It's like, what, like who, who the fuck's paying you money to, to come out for this? Like, like who? Like, like, what's going on here? Like, most, most of the freaking video game creators uh, don't care when you're streaming their stuff. They don't care. They want you to stream it. Yeah. They're, they don't think you're, you're doing something bad. That's all. We forgot to bring this up uh, last, last week. Yeah, it's just it's vote these assholes out. Vote these these old ass boomers out of office. Can we get all them out? All of them. I'm I'm almost saying we should have an age limit on on people in government at this point. I'm getting to that point. No, I feel uh, like it too. <laughs> especially for president, I think if like if if you're it's like if you're like if you're not into office by the time you're like 66, even I think that's a that's a good limit. I don't want you as president. I don't want you as a senator. Well, we should have term limits, but now we're going off topic for everything. But there should be an age limit. Because it's not just that you, your faculty might leave you. You're just out of touch. You're out of touch. You don't know what someone 40 years younger than you needs or thinks about. You're just out of touch. Get the hell out. Get out. Go. And, and, and you're corrupt, probably. But just get out. Get the fuck out, Tom. Get out, Tommy. Guys, anyone named Tommy this year I like at all? Oh, I like my friend Tommy in Anaheim. I like Tommy. Tom is good. We know a good Tom. Okay, we do Tom. I'm saying Tommy more than Tom. But I just call this guy Tommy. I'm just blabbering. All right. Um, you can uh, you can buy some after Christmas gifts at ultimatenintendo.com. You sure can. Eating e- gifts after Christmas. I didn't know that. I like to get my shit done at Christmas. Get it done so I can re- relax. Well, you guess you have, if you've it's been a year. It's been busy. It's definitely been a year. It's been a while. Um, but we got we got books, guidebooks. We got we got our RBI baseball stickers by by the gross. By the gross. Literally by the gross. <laughs> There's a lot left. I didn't make a dent into this roll, and I've sold a lot. Um, and then we got the pins. See you podcast and Alan pins. We got the limited shirt. And we also have for on sale the My Man See You Podcast shirt. So check it out at ultimatenintendo.com. I'm also on Cameo at cameo.com slash patcondry. Someone, the last Cameo someone requested, I, I didn't fulfill yet. They want me to, to uh, go off on his friend for not liking uh, my opinion on Diablo Immortal. So that, I might have fun with that. Oh. I might have fun. That, that's worth the bucks there. 
We want to talk about the shared safety principle thing that we've, we, we glossed over last week about Nintendo. Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox have a shared commitment to safer gaming. It's a nice little message. I mean, if you want to mention it, we can. It's just they want a partner to keep communities uh, safe and things like that. Um, hold ourselves accountable for making our platform safe and as possible for all players. It's a short little message. It's it's nice for a little joint message. I guess they had a little meeting saying, we'll put this out. I'm not, I'm not sure what the impetus was for this at all. Uh, we believe gaming is for all people of all ages, including our youngest and most vulnerable. Technology makes compelling entertainment experiences possible. We want to ensure those experiences, especially when they involve interaction with others, as positive, are positive and, re- and respectful. Good luck with that, uh, on, especially yeah. on the Sony and Microsoft front. Respectful. All players deserve to have a fantastic social gaming experiences in settings where safety and respect and safety are mutual. That's great. You know what tool they should put in? You know, now they have like the machine learning for like closed caption stuff. If you're chatting in a game, you, I hate to say it, I don't care. You, you term of service. Record everything you say and write it down. And afterwards, if someone goes, oh, yeah, you said all this horrible shit. We have the text of it right yeah. here. That's not an invasion of privacy. You give up your privacy when you when you play a game on, on a fucking server with your voice. Like, there's no more privacy anymore. Right. You don't active, say stupid you shit. You actively chose to be part of yeah. that. You can get banned. So, yeah, there you go. I just thought of an idea. Maybe they're doing that. Machine learning. I just learning. thought of an idea. <laughs> and, and then... um. Or you machine learn, you start flagging accounts. Oh, you said these racist terms as many times? Or you you said you want to screw someone's mother this many times? You're out. Like, that's it. You're booted. Or you get a warning, then you're booted. Whatever. Yo mama jokes. It happens still. Um, Simpsons Dreamcast demo released, Ian. You can talk about so, this. So, yeah, you're, just you're interestingly, the um, there was some Dreamcast leaks. And the one that Ooh. I thought was the most interesting was uh, there was an unreleased Simpsons game discovered amongst the detritus this comes from dreamcastic channel and uh, it was kind of a neat looking game it was called the simpsons bug squad and i, I have no so idea weird. where that idea came from or why it's like uh, Buck bumble um i can't oh, the mosquito I, I game on the playstation uh mr two? mosquito one or two ps2, PS2. yeah yeah there, there have been some games that, you know, try to recreate. There was a uh, game that was, I think it was called Spider on the PlayStation 1, where you played as, like, a spider. There's the Mr. Mosquito. Well, in this one, from what we can see in the demo gameplay, uh, you walk around as a bug in the Simpsons house. And it doesn't show a ton. And fly or jump in. Yeah, it just shows the bug basically walking around the landscape that is the Simpsons house. And while the bug is moving around, you can see um, a, a large Homer Simpson walking um, you know, doing some sort of walking routine in the house. At no point does the bug ever, like, interact with uh, Homer, but I'm guessing that, you know, the point of the game would have been to annoy or uh, fuck with various yeah. members of the Simpsons the, household. Oh, itchy scratches on the TV in the living room. So it looks like they recreated, you know, a couple of rooms here. I honestly It's a proof think, of concept. Yeah, I think it's a yeah a, a proof of concept more than anything. But it's something I would play. I mean, that seems kind of fun. It seems neat enough. I don't know. There was something about not just the bug stuff. Something about 3D and and, and, and like Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I remember all the mods on first person shooters. Not to bring Unreal into this, but I will as much as possible. Yeah, might as well. As much as possible because I, I see the Unreal Engine release again today. I'm like, you bastards! Another reminder. But there was there was a lot of there was a lot of stages that people made obviously for Unreal Unreal Torment and there was a lot of ones like that were like that they were like oh you're it's like gigantic living room you're teeny tiny sure. you're teeny tiny and it's fun especially yeah. when it was like using the um, the mod where it's a one hit shock rifle death so it was even more oh, fun oh yeah yeah, yeah. that'd uh, be cool yeah so it was just cool because then like you're, you're and you do super jumps 
obviously. So you can jump on the chair and things like that. And that was a lot of the early 90s, excuse me, late 90s, early 2000s. There was a lot of that going on where, oh, we're, we're small and 3D and everything's big. And, oh, yeah, there's Homer horrifyingly walking around with this weird smile. Yeah, at first I was like, are they even going to show his face? And then they did, and I was like, maybe I didn't want to see it. Yeah, it looks horrifying, that angle. So, yeah, check that out. And then um, uh, you want to talk about the Miyamoto New Yorker interview real quick? Uh, just worth, I think, mentioning that there's a long Miyamoto <clears throat> interview in the New Yorker. New Yorker. And uh, yeah. just from what I read of it, it seemed like uh, a well-done interview. Um, interesting. Miyamoto seems like... He seems very genuine is kind of the best way I can put it. Um, his passion for games is not something that he is struggling with and pretending to have, uh, even as he goes into even old, 40 years old later. Age. He, he talks in the interview about how he goes home on the weekends uh, feeling, you know, sometimes a little tired, but he still thinks about games. And by the time he gets back to work on Monday, he's just games, 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 games in his head. And he's all about it. He still has the passion. Right, he still has the passion for it. And I thought one of the funnier segments in the interview that I read was um, someone asked him something like, what kind of boss do you think you are? Or what do you th think makes a, a, a good boss? And he like goes to answer it in terms of like, like video game boss. Oh, he starts a video yeah, game boss. and he doesn't really... You know, oh, well. He's like, oh, actually... <laughs> oh, you mean like real life. Well, being so, people, managing people. So the dude lives that lifestyle. Uh, his his head is his head is in the clouds, in the games, you know, almost 24-7. And uh, yeah, just seems like a very, very decent person. And they asked about real stuff. It's not a fluff interview. It's no, like, oh, it's not. They talked about what's going on in lockdown. Uh, uh, I'll just talk this little segment. In lockdown, millions of parents have been trying to ensure that their kids maintain a healthy relationship to video games, not playing for too long, and so on. How did you negotiate these things with your children? I wonder if you, how, how young his kids are. He said, kids, kids feeling like they can't stop playing because the game is so fun. That's something that I can understand and sympathize with. It's important for parents to play the games to understand why the child can't quit until reaching the next save point. For example, in terms of my own kids, I've been fortunate in, in that they've always had a good relationship with video games. I've never had to restrict or take uh, games away from them. Uh, huh, that's pretty... This is another great point here. I'm going to do this if I'm a parent. I don't care. It's important to also note that in our household, all the video game hardware belonged to me, and the children understood they were borrowing these things. That is a brilliant angle. That if, is a pretty good angle. If they couldn't follow the rules, then there was an understanding that I could just take the machine away from them. He laughs. When it was good weather outside, I would always encourage them to play outside. They played a lot of Sega games, too, by the way. And then they said, really? Did you ever feel jealous? Out that about that, and he said, not jealous as much as inspired to try harder, so that they preferred the ones I made. And they said they enjoyed Outrun a lot of Space Harrier. I think that's funny as hell. Yeah, that is. What a good dad. Yeah, he seems like a good dad. He seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders. That's what I'm gonna do if I have kids. I'm buying the game system. It's mine. I own it. Yeah, I'll buy you the games. But guess what? You can't play those games without the system. <laughs> so there you go. Right. It's a brilliant way to do it. There you go. You have to earn the privilege of playing my system in my household. Borrow. Them. You got to watch. You got to take the garbage out. You got to don't talk back to your mom. The the borrowing is a, that's a neat way of looking. Don't at shoot it. Nerf guns at the cat. Then yeah. you can play. You can no, play the. Uh, don't shoot Nerf. Guns oh, I shot. I shot my. I shot my orange rubber dart at my cat cuddles all the time. I felt really horrible afterwards. I was like six. Every once in a while, I'll take I those. Felt, I felt bad. Those finger rockets you gave me for my birthday from the dollar store, and I'll. I'll 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 do a warning shot over Spike. Over Spike. Will yeah, you hit him sometimes by accident? No, 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 no. I don't aim anywhere I, near him. But like, if he's on the ground, I'll sometimes do it way over. And if he's feeling frisky, he'll like 
attack it, and then he's immediately done playing. That's yeah. like the extent of his playing. <laughs> Going back to how how toy guns get you killed as a kid, I had a black Uzi that you it, you put you put like those orange plastic rubber darts in the front, and you crank that back. That thing shot like thirty feet when I was a kid. <laughs> like that was powerful. And I and I hit my cat with it once. I felt horrible afterwards. I think she probably scratched me, and I got annoyed at the time. She was a warrior cat, Cuddles. Not the name for that cat. Like she was a warrior cat. <laughs> Not the she name beat for the that hell cat. out of the other cats in the neighborhood. Like she kept everyone off our property. Like she was very territorial, Cuddles. Rest in peace, Cuddles. Gone too soon. All right, and then finally, uh, a couple people were asking if I was going to talk about this, and, and Mike texted me himself. Mike Matei has left the Cinemasker channel. Uh, Mike Matei obviously partners with James on AVGN. He literally started uh, the YouTube channel and uploaded the original uh, AVGN videos back in, Jesus, uh, 2006. Started the channel. He did obviously some of the scripts and helped out in the first a lot of the first stuff. He did, he did all the artwork over the years. So he was, he was a big part of the channel, and, and he's uh, leaving. Uh, we spoke about the, the hiatus they were going to go on. They announced the hiatus earlier in the year, uh, yeah. around April. So For the Mike and James play or whatever? James and Mike Mondays. James and Mike Mondays. Or the, their Let's Play show they've been doing for several years. And at the time, uh, Mike made a point. I was just going to laugh at this. He made a point saying, oh, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're coming back. We're not, we're not <laughs> well, they're not sure. coming back. <laughs> Mike decided in this time that, you know, he's moved on. He wants to, he streams uh, on Mike Patay Live on Twitch, and he, he has more fun doing that than being in front of the camera. And it, it's time for him. It's, it was several years, and it was time to move on from it, from doing that. They, they, did, they did several hundred episodes of that. And um, he also did the uh, retail reviews, uh, where it was a video game shop. So he's just going to be on, on Twitch, doing his Twitch thing. So I w- wish him luck, and it will kind of, you know, part, part of uh, Cinemasker is, uh, is now gone there. So there you have it. There it is. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. It's time to start the podcast, Ian. We got uh, the Atari VCS is uh, in people's hands. It's a product. It's a thing. Yep. We have evidence. It's not, it's not tomfoolery. So, yeah, people have it, and I think a lot of people are starting to wonder what they're doing with it. Um, So, uh, the fact that it has come out, I don't want anyone to think, is like me praising it. Uh, Coming out is the bare fucking minimum of what this product needed to do. Um, It says a lot that we live in a time where a system that someone talks about actually releasing is a big to-do. Like, all right, you... Now this is where this is where the story really begins. Now the system's out. Is this like? Is it going to do anything? Is it, are people going to buy it? Is it going to take the world by storm? Um, and I don't. I, I think the answer to that is is no. A resounding no. <laughs> a resounding. <laughs> resounding. A resounding no. Um, so there was a video um, here. Uh, the one that I was watching was put up by Twin Blasters, and uh, the guy goes through and talks about the Atari VCS and he's got it now. He shows it loading up. Real quick before we get into it. Yeah. Uh, the Atari VCS account um tweeted his coverage of it. I'm not sure they did that without watching, watching. It. right because it's not the greatest coverage. <laughs> um so he goes through to talk about it and basically says uh 
you know, there's there's nothing to download on it. There's nothing on this storefront. And this was kind of, I think, what we figured was going to be the case. You can get this out, but, I mean, no one's developing anything for this, or specifically for it, that we know of. Um, he even said, I don't know why I got this earlier. Other people haven't gotten this yet. He yeah. Said, so Close to the warehouse? I don't know. It, um, he shows that it had uh, Missile Command recharged, which he says he thinks came with it because he was a pre-order a backer or whatever. Okay. Um, Which is a new new missile command. New missile remember. command. Yeah. And then he uh, there's the vault with the Atari games on it. The hundred games you always see on all the other right old uh, all in one units. So he plays it and he's like, yeah, this uh, you know he's like everything works well. He's like the controller's actually kind of nice. He goes and he talks about the the, the gamepad version. Yeah. And then he talks about the classic stick, and he likes how it lights up when you move the stick around. It, it lights up when you move the joystick stick? around? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so um, <laughs> he then goes on to be like, okay, so there's not a lot to do on here, and I realized that one of my favorite Atari games uh, wasn't on this collection. Now, I would have to point out, so he, he's talking about Pitfall. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be on there. Pitfall's an Activision title. Um, so even the backers don't realize those are not Atari-branded games. And that's no. something I've always said, and no offense to this guy, but a lot of people, when they buy those Atari collections, even the old ones like that you could get on the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, people are always disappointed by them because the games people think of more often than not when they think of the Atari are the really good Activision titles that came out at that time. Um, uh, Air Raid. Uh, missile, uh, air raid, barnstorming, pitfall. river raid, river raid, yeah, river raid, barnstorming, pitfall, uh, hero, stampede, even space invaders, yeah, all of those. Um, well, in space invaders wasn't Activision though, but it wasn't Atari. No, That's yeah, what I mean. ta- well, Did they publish it. They maybe? published maybe they it. Published yeah, it. they okay. published. It. I don't know. They don't have the rights to it still. <clears throat> they published it. So, anyway, back to what I was saying. So he decides. That he's go- he goes on the uh, the store, and the only thing that's really on the store is um, an Atari Vault Volume Two. Well, he buys it, it takes his money, and he gets nothing in return for it. So he tries again, and it takes his money, and he still gets nothing in so, return. So for the it. store is broken. The store is broken. The online store is broken. One of the only things that they needed to have up and running for this because nothing else. I mean, it doesn't. Well, you got your built in 100 games or whatever, right? 100 plus yeah, games. Yeah, and you can go into your sandbox mode. <laughs> you can play. I'm looking at the, the, the. Literally, the menu is Missile Command Recharge, the only new game on this. Uh, new, relative term. The, the Vault, Netflix, the Atari VCS Companion, or you can browse the web on Google Chrome because it's basically a computer. Yeah. It's a computer. And uh, it's an he, and, like an Android type of computer. I mean, not Android. It's not running on Android, but it's like it's, it's a little computer. He said he basically only downloaded Netflix because it was something to download. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this. It's, this is like this is like my, this is like my Amazon stick. Like, oh, there's a store you can download Disney Plus and watch. You can you get the Air console we talked about before. You can get uh, you know, you can get the stuff to watch stuff. It's it's a little smart TV type of menu where home games, app store system. I can download games. I talk about the games I downloaded uh, on my Amazon stick. There's games. There's games you can play. Sure. And on my smart TV, there's games you can play. So this is what they all have. It's it's the own little ecosystem. Hulu, Twitch. So the other thing that was uh, interesting is that there was the message about the controller. <clears throat> about depending upon oh if yeah if you were wired indirectly or connected via Bluetooth, uh, uh, games could have 
certain reactions to the buttons uh, you press, to the inputs. What the hell? What the hell happened there? They said, I think the message was, we're working it out with like with like the developers. They said, you think that's something I would have tested before hand, or was this? I'm like, I can't picture like some of these Atari ROMs not responding. If you're playing basketball versus like asteroids, is something not responding correctly? That's like so weird. I don't know. Is a centipede? Is it going in reverse or not respond? Like, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's so weird. So it's buggy. Maybe not as buggy as a uh, cyberpunk, but um, I mean, the storefront looks like any other emulator storefront you or a front end you can get. You see the arcade games. You scroll through. It looks fine. Uh, Gravatar. There's a picture here. You know, Crystal Castles, uh, Lunar Lander, Major Havoc. God, that game is good and bad at the same time. Major Havoc. There's good old. Uh, there's the arcade version of uh, thank God it's the arcade versions as well of, of asteroids on there playing. He says, "Oh, I like it playing asteroids. You get the you get the same thing on an emulator. You get the two side panels on widescreen. You know, it, so you get some art. It's anything you've got on an emulator the past fifteen years. Yep, that's that's basically what this amounts to here. And it costs you you know four to five hundred dollars once you add in those fifty dollar joysticks. I can't believe the joysticks are like fifty bucks." For those joysticks, and then the controller is like fifty bucks. So this guy spent probably five hundred dollars on this set, or if it's the base unit, three hundred. He spent like he spent over four hundred dollars on this thing. It's wild. And everyone's gonna be saying, "Wow, yeah, it's it's a cool little, it's a centerpiece of the living room." Ian, it's it's a, it looks nice, it looks cute. I mean, the console. He didn't say. I think I don't think he mentioned the construction was cheap at all. Wait, right? He's like, oh, "It looks fine." What do you expect? Sure. The fake, the fake wood veneer. It's fine. <laughs> it's a piece of plastic. Oh, it's not individual ridges anymore. I'm returning it. It's it's simple little packaging, you know. Uh, on eBay right now, if you look on eBay, I searched Atari VCS 2020. Um, there's a, there's about twelve listings, ten listings. Um, really, one, one uh, people are trying to scalp this thing. Let me tell you something, people. I, I if this was your investment to scalp to wait. Your life must be really bad, or I feel bad for you. I know it's 2020 people are wrong. If you bought this thing, pre-order this thing, two to three years ago, and you're trying to <laughs> scalp it. Flip it now, yeah. Trying to flip this piece of garbage now. Like, there's, I don't think people are going to be clamoring for this, unless there's some crazy collector that wants to get this. Plus, you, you still can buy these. You're still going to be able to buy these. Right. That's the other thing. I, I, I'm fairly certain if I wanted a VCS right now, I could go online. Um, uh, can I go on Walmart and get it? Atari, VCS... Yes, I can. I can get a bundle right now on Atari. Pre-order. You can get the pre-order for three ninety, for basically the package that this guy got. But he had two joysticks, and this one has one for three ninety, for the eight hundred carbon gold one. So there's the what there's the there's the eight hundred and the higher end one. Right? No, four hundred, eight hundred. I, I forget. There's the one with more memory. In yeah, it. the eight hundred. So it seems like most of the people have the eight hundred, or they have the Onyx version. So here's the point. People are trying to get seven, eight, nine hundred dollars for this. One has a bid with three fifty on it. I think one bid just ended. Any completed listings? The point is, no one's clamoring. No kid is. No eight year old's clamoring for this. One went for six sixty. The, the collector's edition with bids. So this was real. This just ended during the podcast. Collector's edition, wireless controller, and two classic joysticks. So that retail value, collector's edition was probably four hundred bucks. So that's like. So this person made a little bit of a profit. After taxes and fees, maybe like seventy-five bucks, seventy bucks scalping this, maybe, maybe. seventy bucks, maybe nothing huge. So that's not worth your time. There, another one went for six hundred ten dollars with one joystick. How is it not packed in with a joystick? I guess I kept the. Co- that's how they they made more money. Someone someone did spend nine hundred dollars on a brand new one. 
for the 800 uh, 2020 console with Onyx Black with the deluxe package, basically the package this guy got with the one one gamepad two joystick. So there's a couple of crazy people. I don't think it's going to last long though. Those must be really. Those must be like Gen X people with money that are like, I want this Atari VCS. I see it. I want it. Just sure. I, I may never play it after the first week. Yeah, I'm just sit there. I mean, honestly, I don't think anyone's going to keep going back to it for the Atari Vault. There's a novelty that wears off with these older Atari games. There's a reason why no one buys them or collects them today for the most part. There's a reason why Ian has, you know, you can't move them for a dollar. Like, you can't. Yeah, I mean, they're fun, but you can play them anywhere. You don't need a, a system to do it. Yeah, and a a $500 system. And I don't think that this system is going to end up oh. doing anything special that anyone is going, like... At best, it's going to be an expensive PC in a weird case. Yeah. Uh, like what, what, if, 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 if like IGN even review this, what would they, what would they say? What would it, why does this exist? I'm playing these Atari it functions. Games. It turns on. Yeah, it's it's four hundred dollars. Then it's four fifty once you have a, a joystick to play it with. It's insane. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see if this will actually be reviewed anywhere, or if people do something interesting with this. But it is what we thought it was, as as the coach said. They are who we thought they were. I'm not going to be shocked by this. And um, but but it's out. They got out during they got out during COVID, right? Like every other company uh, this year got their stuff out, except for one who used it as an excuse. So there you have it. <laughs> All right, uh, Pawn Stars Ian. Every every seems like every two years or so, or every year since we talked about this one. Oh, we talked about a year ago. I checked the uh, the listing. Uh, we we cover a Pawn Stars segment. These people, uh, I don't know if they have egos or not. They go on Pawn Stars with the, with their highfalutin games. I don't know what these people are thinking, but they do it. They go on these shows. Yep. Um, and um, the last time we spoke about this was someone I knew going on the show. One of the four or five people, uh, the conglomerate that bought, bought the uh, sealed uh, second print run Super Mario Brothers with the sticker seal. Right. Went on and won a million dollars for it. And we said that was crazy. And obviously, uh, we, were, we were semi-critical because uh, the person who runs WADA came on as the expert, and it's like, well, they all know each other, and they're all in business together, basically, and we thought it was weird. So we have another Pawn Stars segment where someone showed up, who you should recognize, which I thought was funny, trying to sell uh, sealed, unopened, Raiders of the Lost Ark for 2600 and Frogger by Parker Brothers, and walks it in this chum and, and the son's name, who I always forget, and he tries to sell them both there. So, did you recognize the seller right away? No. You, wow. Okay. The seller—he looked familiar, but he did. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know him. This is such the small world. The seller was the guy next to us at Long Island selling the whole weekend. Oh, uh, okay. That's I'm surprised. I right away. I was like, "That's the guy." <clears throat> okay. Really, I think his yeah, name yeah. was. I think his name was Dan. Really nice guy. He was. He was set up next to us. He was. He was selling just graded games at Long Island Retro Gaming Expo next year. Yeah, we, we talked. We had a good conversation. So when I saw him, I was like, wow, it's a super small world. Because <laughs> I know all these guys. That totally makes sense. No, because I was looking at him. I'm like... You, you can play yeah, some kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I was sitting right next to him. You were on the other side with me. I was, it was me and Antoinette on the one side. And you were behind anything wrong on the other yep. side. Yeah, um, I was further away from them. Um, so, but yeah, I was like, wow, small world. So they look at it, and he wanted, I think, what was what was the price he wanted? He wanted bucks? he wanted twelve. Yeah, yeah. So this is where it gets kind of crazy right off the bat. He wanted twelve hundred for um, the Frogger, and he wanted four hundred for the um, Indiana Jones. 
um, and says, you know, this is a, a, a really rare one. And Indiana Jones is one of those games, I think, partially because of its complexity and the fact that everyone who had it as a kid didn't really know how to play it. Um, it's one that I get asked for, and I don't see it a ton, but I, I've never known it to rare. be a rare no, game. Absolutely not Maybe rare. complete, but I would doubt that rare. too. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. No, I mean, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Not, not rare. Not a rare game. If you want to say it's borderline uncommon, I I remember I remember kids having that. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, how many? Just look up the the good old Pat. How many are for sale right now on eBay? Uh, Seven hundred eighty-two are for sale on eBay. Yeah. Or in a listing of some point. Well, there might be some air air raiders in there, so you got to go like minus. Uh, I'll put raiders lost. How about that? Okay, man. I said okay. Two thirty-four. That's probably the proper number. It's a okay. common game. Yeah, it was a huge movie. It's one of the most popular movies of 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 all time. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Every kid was going to want this. It's not a rare game. It's not an uncommon game. You can buy a copy for three dollars. M- maybe in a sealed form. That's where we got to splice here. It's a, well, it's a right, rare and that game. was yeah, that was brand new. But. It was not sealed. Uh, there was no plastic seal on it. But it was it was one that was like whatever, just close, close. It was unopened. Yeah, unopened. Yeah, technically, when I say sealed, that's what I mean. I get it. Oh no, there's a bunch. There's a bunch unopened. There's thirteen right now. Looks like so. There's thirteen you can buy sealed right now. So okay. So what's interesting is that was Dennis King, Dennis Khan, who runs WADA, who showed up with with uh, with uh, Rich trying to sell the Super Mario one a year ago. And uh, he was a little more muted than his last appearance a year ago. Yeah. I'm not saying it's because of any public criticism or people complaining about it or, or people like uh, me or you or, or Sean from Reserve Vessel saying, well, this is weird to see this. But it was definitely a more subdued version of Dennis, which was better. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, sure. It was, a, a, I think, a, a, a far more down-to-earth take on, on it. Um, <clears throat> and goes and, you know, he points out that the... The Frogger looks like it came from a case, and then he, you know, he's... First print run on both, it looked like, he said, or at least for the Frogger, because it was made in the USA. And, um, yeah, it was the earlier run of uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, you know, and he points out a crease on the box, but then he goes on and says, you know, with grading, I would probably put the Frogger at 300, and he said, and the... Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark at about 100, and he said on a good day, he said you might be able to get 500 for both. And now that we actually have a record of these selling at auction the past year, that's probably what he's you know, more basing on. Because all his Atari crap started coming. Started right, coming he's got more information now yeah. to fall back on, just like everyone else does. And uh, that was that. I uh, shook hands and he took off, and I don't think that's what our friend wanted to hear. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what. Obviously, there's so. Here's what's a weird thing. Obviously, once you see this stuff, because obviously the NES stuff took a jump up after the Pawn Stars appearance last year. This Atari garbage, and I'll call it garbage because it is garbage because there's a ton of it. Um, has been we we started noticing it. What well, back in the spring, they started popping up more and more. Mm-hmm. Like oh, the, oh, Spider Man for ninety eight hundred. That's insane. And they're still coming up though. Because you know why they still come up? Because there's so many of them. So many of these unopened that people have stored up somewhere and in their collections. So it, you have to have that take because to say that this stuff is is rare or super valuable is insane. Because over time, this stuff's gonna gonna drop. It's gonna drop. Sure. So I think the most it's gonna what? Drop. <clears throat> haven't done that in a while. I think the most interesting thing that happens on this in this segment is after Dennis leaves and um, you know they're talking. Uh, was it? 
Trump says, um, no, the son, the son, the son, yeah, the son said this was, 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 yeah. was, was Sorry. which was almost shocking because I don't know if, if the seller or Dennis knew that this was going to be said in the segment, right? But he looks at it and he kind of goes, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to touch it, not even for the reduced price, yeah, not even for the reduced price. He's like, I don't want to touch it. He said, because he goes, Look, there are bubbles in everything. He said there's bubbles in sports cards. He's like, there's bubbles in comics. He goes, and I think right now what we are, we have going on here is a bubble. And I think he, he says, says a video game bubble. He yeah, said it's a, he said video a video game, game bubble. bubble. And I think he even says something like it's not that this stuff can't be worth something, but it's, you know, right now. He said it could dip. It could, yeah. He said it could dip at any time. He goes, and I don't want to be the guy left holding all the video games. <clears throat> And I think that's a very, very smart and very surprisingly level-headed thing to hear coming out of an episode of Pawn Stars. They Not, say so. They say something like that every sure, once in a while. And I don't really yeah. watch the show, so I don't have a yeah. lot of familiar familiarity with it. Just I know of it because it's been around in the pop culture lexicon for so long that I know what Pawn Stars is. Like ten years. Is. Yeah, it's been around for quite some time. Um, but yeah, no, I I thought that was a very sound analysis of the situation especially like i mean and he's watching it right there he's got you know a guy coming in he's hot he's excited about him he he wants 1200 for this and 400 from this and then you got the guy come who who knows the stuff coming in and being like yeah this is in good shape totally you could get some money for this uh 300 and 100 and i mean he's just watching expectation and what the guy who's really got his eyes on it says and i mean he sees that there's a huge disparity there and realizes no, I, something's going on here, right? And it's not even—it's not to say that it's something fishy. It's—it's it's just to say that this is this is too hot. This is too plus, volatile at the moment. Plus, it's sort of like their common sense. Those guys are about our age. They're about probably forty-ish. Chum in the sun. No, the sun, yeah. He, the sun says he was born in eighty-three, so he's a year younger. Than so me. he's like us, where it's like, yeah, I know about Atari, I played it, but like, there's there's no love by and large for this stuff anymore. That's gone, right? It's. Dissipated. It's all anything newer, NES and, and newer. We always talk about that for the, till the end of time. And he, what, he even says these games have been re-released in all these different yeah. forms. He even said that. And uh, yeah. it's it's an interesting. He doesn't say it outright, but by the by using the words and phrases, he does bubble. He insinuates. Yeah. Um, also, what we've always kind of said, which is that. This cannot last if it's just going to be the same group of collectors whipping each other up into a frenzy. You have to actually be able to successfully recruit outside people into your hobby a if lot. you ever a lot of them. A lot. Tons of them. Because in any hobby there are people who are who can afford the affordable stuff, and then there are the people who will spend on the big items. You really have to bring a whole bunch of new blood into this hobby if you want people to assume or uh, to uh, accept that this is the new way we collect video games. And you can do that, and I think they've done it probably at least for something. When you see these insane Mike Tyson's punch out stuff, and sure. going for tens of thousands, and when you see a non prototype Super Mario 3 go for 30 grand, they've accomplished it there. I don't think you're. That's a different story, though, because you can even pump yourself up. Oh, Super Mario Bros. You're not pumping someone up with Frogger or Raiders of the Lost Ark for Atari. Right. That's an entirely different thing. Mm -hmm. That's lost. At that point, you might as well start selling Pong consoles from the 70s. Like Stanley's like, well, this is the first video game. So I was like, no. I think it'll get to just how it's eventually getting back to now with NES games, and we've talked about this before. Your stuff like G.I. Joe, Atlantis Factor, and Mappy Land, and I'm literally just pulling games out of my ass. Wow, Atlantis Factor's hard to find. Uh, Kickle Cubicle, you know, Lolo 3. A lot of, like, games that are fun that people would buy if they were collecting NES games to play them. Um, 
these middle tier games are no longer going to mean anything. And I think where there might be room for this kind of high end collecting is going to be reserved to uh, the big names, the Marios, the Zeldas, the Pokemons and that sort of thing. And even that'll be their own little mini bubbles at, yes. at some point as yes, well. Yes, but I, I because just... I, I looked at an auction. We looked. We talked last night. A complete in box Zelda, just complete in box, went for seven hundred dollars. The same one I have on sure. my shelf. And yes, I think that's, that's also a mini a bubble. bubble. I'm just saying yeah. it's you're never you're never going to bring enough people in. I think to this style of game collecting to make any of those mid to low tier games well, mean the thing. It's the same reason why the comic stuff it sort of leveled off. It, it was all people pumping the prices up themselves for the Silver Age stuff which happened the past 10 years after the Marvel movies. Why I got priced out of Amazing Fantasy 15 every year. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm trying to get Amazing Fantasy 15 and the prices just artificially go up 20% each year and that's, that levels off at some point because there's no one else to sell to. I'm right. the market and I'm, I'm, I'm priced out. I'm priced out. So then you go, I see these people, I see the dealers buying up all the copies of made. I saw it happen. So that's Comic Con. I said, "Well, this is why it's happening." Because one guy said, "Oh, I have three of them. I bought here." And I'm like, "You, fu- you assholes!" So you're doing it. You're doing it. You're artificially inflating the market. Guess what? I'm priced out now. You don't have a buyer anymore. And that happens with anything like this. What was the other thing uh, um, that um, the seller said at the end? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, he said, oh, "I think it's worth more." He also said, "It can it only, only go, go up. up." Right. That's a dangerous. We talked about all the time. We talked about in the articles that came out. Yeah, about a year. It's been about a year. We've seen this craziness from the articles that were put out a year ago. Um, a, a few different articles, um, and there was not a good counterpoint. I talked about uh, a Kotaku one from our pal Chris Kohler. There was another one, and it was all pie in the sky. Everything is going to go to the moon. Uh, it's the new gold rush. It was called. It was literally called the new gold rush. And um, you know what happens in gold rushes? You know who makes the money? What the expression is? People s- selling the mining tools. Yeah. Wada's the one making the money at the end. They're the one who has a built-in profit margin. Heritage Auctions are the one making the profit. Yes. When you have a gold rush, you have a few winners, you have a ton of losers in a gold rush. That's what happens uh, for with anything like this. You have a lot of people making these investments that are not going to come back to Earth. That person that that, sold, that bought that 30 grand uh, Super Mario Brother 3 prototype, not realizing it's not only not a real prototype, there are others out there, he lost. That yes. money's not coming back. Yeah, no, he lost. All the people buying uh, the several hundred dollar uh, or thousands of dollars uh, 2600 sealed games, all those spider they're done. That money's gone. It's not coming back. Uh, I'm not saying all these NES investments aren't going to come back, but I, I, I don't see some of these continuing. I don't see how a Mike Tyson's punch-out sealed is going to uh, be there over time. I just don't. I know it's an iconic game to some people. I just don't see how some of these maintain. I just don't. Or if they do, it'll be very few, like, like Ian said, the Super Mario Brothers, maybe Legend of Zelda, maybe a Pokemon or two here. But there's there's not a lot of these where it's going to be uh, extreme rarity, plus the game is important. Like, both of those combined. Plus, you got to find someone that's willing not to settle for a complete box one and wants the sealed one. That's, again, where comics doesn't have to worry about that. Sure. There's no sealed version of the Silver and Golden Age crap for people to worry about. It's just, well, it exists. Detective Thomas 27, it exists. Now it's just a grade, and that's it. you got to buy that. There's no sealed version to worry about. So I'm, I'm happy that this was a level... It was a, a much more level-headed discussion about this stuff. And maybe the Pawn Stars people, you know, maybe they watched some d- discussion of idiots online talking about it, like Ian and Pat and Sean. Maybe they do. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be something. That Wouldn't that be something? Trademark. All right. Ian, on that sealed note, Talk about we're gonna talk about a perspective. We don't really get into this too much. The perspective, Ian, 
of sealed games in the future. TurboGrafx-16 was a console that came out in 1989, 10-year anniversary of my Christmas episode. 10 years. You just gave me an eyebrow raise. I did. Um, so this is a console that in the past year, two years, few years, more and more people have discovered, definitely in the last five, six years, seven, with a lot of YouTube videos, um, we, we have the the Mini that came out from Konami finally decided to dust off the TurboGrafx properties they've had for like 10 years. And so a lot more people know about the TurboGrafx. And obviously it was, on, it was on the virtual console. That was kind of shocking at the time to see that those games released on the Wii. So, but it's still a very... Um, relatively, it's an unknown system. So when, when someone asked to discuss, uh, it was SA uh, Jewers asked us to discuss this prospect. There was someone on eBay selling a lot of sealed TurboGrafx games, and some are graded, asking basically, well, what do you think about this for the future? Um, and this is a this is sort of a weird situation with TurboGrafx. We talked about it before, is that it's a system that no one really knows about. No one, almost no one in the U.S. grew up with the TurboGrafx sixteen. No right. one, almost no one. <clears throat> they didn't sell that many. Uh, I'll look up the numbers in a second. Like here, um, not a lot of iconic titles on TurboGrafx. You want to say a handful at most, at most, especially for North America. You obviously be more in the PC engine, but not a lot that were particularly just bound to this to the console. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the best ones would be Bonk, which people do know, um, and the Star Soldier series is largely bound to the um, uh, the PC engine. And Splatterhouse. Splatterhouse. First console release. Yeah. That's... That, yeah, people yeah. always think of Splatterhouse when they think of the Turbo. Because it was a big deal at the time. That was kind of a big deal. Oh, it's kind of a semi-violent game on a console. Sure, We're sure. talking about that came out like what, later in 90. So TurboGrafx-16 was relevant for like a year and a half in the U.S. Maybe we'll say two years until like 91 it was relevant. Uh, then after that, no one cared anymore. Uh, CD was, was too expensive. Um, Turbo Duo came out and almost no one bought it here because because their marketing was terrible and it was too it was too expensive and they had no they didn't have the other killer third party games uh, and not enough good first party ones here so this this uh, seller listed a bunch of sealed stuff and um, they didn't go for that much in general I'm not no. surprised no it didn't um, I'm not either I'm not super surprised I'm trying to think of why one you said it's not a system that a lot of people know about um, especially for this kind of collecting. I think there has to be far more general enthusiasm sure. for people to really get into um, the sealed graded collecting. And nothing here is of the caliber, like we talked about in the, the Wada Pawn Star segment, of like a Mario, a Zelda, or a Pokemon. So I don't. Plus, a lot of these people, I think they buy this stuff and they, they want to use it. They want to play it. So a sealed copy is not going to hold, or a sealed, especially a graded copy, is not going to hold the same allure. Um, a lot of this stuff that I'm seeing sealed and graded, I can't imagine would have gone for a whole lot less without the grading. Oh, the, grading's, the grading the grading was a waste. Yeah, the grading definitely does not feel like it no. has increased the value of any of this. Absolutely. Um, I, I didn't see my value button there. Yeah, I got to do it once. The value! I, I mean, you look at Power Golf went for $51 graded. That seller took a loss unless he bought that Power Golf for like a dollar. The grade, it costs like, well, at least minimum 40 bucks to sh- 50 bucks to ship it back and forth. So he took a loss. I mean, and Fantasy it, Zone for $78? I, I have it sealed. I, have I mean, if I can buy that and crack it open, I, I, I have, mean, it's... That's not one of those ones that you... Those, there's a lot of these games, like TV Sports Football, where... I have several copies because 10, 12 years ago, there was a guy that had, hundred, I think, hundreds of them. Right. And like TV sports hockey and like TV sports basketball. I, ha- I have about 
15 game sealed uh, on there. So when I see something like, oh, TV Sports Football, if that went for 500 bucks, guess what Pat was going to do? Take three of them off my shelf and get them graded and sell them. Like, if, if that would happen, because I have, I have multiple of them. Because, again, I used to buy these for, like, $10 each. The uh, Cosmic Fantasy 2 one, which you could only find sealed, for... is on there for $200, which is weird, because you can still buy that sealed new easily. I sold my copy for 100 like, a couple of years ago, so... See, well, this, see this, is, this one is interesting. It wasn't graded, though. Oh, no, it wasn't sealed. It was just complete. Aero Blasters, 330. Wow, that's 330, just complete? Wow, but that's it's, gone up. It's a shooter, but see, it's but a shooter. You have shooter. to know the system to know that. It's yeah. a shooter, it's complete, and... It's in nice shape, but it's not sealed. Like sure. people, that's something that that I'm not surprised to see money go towards that because that's something that someone who actually wants to play the game is going to be like, look, I have this in nice condition, and I can also play it. Blazing uh, lasers, 180 uh, graded, sealed only. Um, that one's going up a little bit, so I don't. Yeah, and then where was there was one other one that I military man is 170 is not a well well known title, but that people it's tied to the system, but no one cares. Lords of Thunder sealed. I think the last copy I knew of that just loose was going for like 200 I mean not not loose but in its case not sealed I think was 200 so this one went for 282 yeah. sealed so which not means a like, whole lot more it almost is like it's almost like this is like still a player collector system where like if you buy these games you're more likely to play these things maybe the only one that had a, any sort of real significant jump up that I can tell of from well actually I don't know what a US superstar soldier goes for so I don't Pac-Lan know Pac-Lan only went for $100 yeah so, uh, graded so not even still graded. So yeah, none of this stuff. Sidearms are graded at one thirty. So like this is like like you shouldn't even grade these things. Fighting Street one seventy graded. So it's like it's almost like these would have went for the same amount sealed or maybe more because people would want to open them up. Like you said, like well, maybe. That's, yeah, I was wondering like if they might have gone for slightly more without the case. Vigilante seal went for uh, graded went for one twenty. One twenty. Wow. So the one that went for the most was the. Um, not even $560 for uh, Exile Wicked Phenomenon, the sequel, complete with that outer case, which I don't think I even have, for 560 Not even sealed. I should have fucking bought that when I had the chance. Yeah, me too. I, I should have I got the, the... What was the other one? Bastille with the, with the outer th- slipcover? I could have bought it for 100 bucks about four years ago. Yeah, now, I could have had that. I don't have the slipcover. I didn't realize people would be crazy enough to go for that little slipcover on it. So here's the point. Um, oh, Ease oh, oh, 3 went graded for 500 That's an interesting one because that's like, okay, that's a, it's a, you know, it's interesting role-playing. It's connected to the system a little bit. That's interesting. Uh, Turbo Graphics, oh, here we go. Splatterhouse, not sealed, complete in box, went for $300. All right, uh-huh. I got my sealed one waiting there. So the whole point is this, is that, um, wow, oh, poor, poor world-class baseball went graded for only $41. I would have won that just to have it. I honestly would have, because that's one of the ones I had as a kid. I would have I went for that. It's not a bad game. No, it's not at all. It's just that there's no season mode. There's a, there's a, it's a knockout mode. You beat one team at a time. And there's no battery save, which stinks on it. Player stat book included. The little sticker on the front. I like that. They do have stats for each player you go through. Uh-huh. Um, fun little game. I'd be the New York Apples all the time. Hit a home run to the, into the parking lot and see the Batmobile. Remember that in the parking mm-hmm. lot? A great game there. Um, yeah, so so I guess the, what I'm trying to say is that there's there will be some systems that slip through the cracks. Not saying this is going to be like selling sealed uh, 3DO games, but it's definitely not going to be like sealed NES or Super Nintendo or right. probably even Genesis. It's just, it won't it won't hit that. It just won't. So, yeah. Yeah, some of these, Ian, wow, honestly, if I knew about some of these, I would have bid on some of these just, just to say, hey, I got a world-class baseball graded for like 50 bucks. Just to put it on the wall, but but no, there will be 
There will be a few, because now we're seeing some of the Genesis stuff come up in some of the PlayStation long box, and most of that, 99% of that stuff will probably be nothing compared to the complete box value. But there will be some ones that slip through. Like Splatterhouse, maybe a bonk. I'd be interested in seeing that in the future. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ian, we got a scumbag. Seller? Of the week, 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 week. week. The Christmas time one. And um, it's more it's more like uh, scalper sellers. So we haven't really been talking about uh, PS5 and Xbox Series Series X, Series S scalpers, whatever, at all. Because it's like, you know, it's sort of like, what are you going to do about it? They're assholes. What are you going to do? Um, but I, we discovered uh, in the past couple of weeks, there's a Reddit thre- uh, uh, subreddit called Scam the Scalpers here. And it's, it's a little bit of levity and a little bit of comeuppance to some of the scalpers. Where it's not just for video game scalpers, but obviously with the hollows, it's mostly. It's people posting about them screwing with scalpers. And before we get into this, let me just say, I don't want you to put anyone in danger if you decide to, to scam a scalper. Don't put anyone at risk or harm. But if you want to fuck with someone, uh, uh, who am I to say if you want to screw with someone? Who am I, who am I to say if, if, you want to, if you want to say you're interested in a product, but not really? Because that's what a lot of these posts are about. It's about someone taking scalpers for a ride and wasting their time. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm interested in this. I'm at this location. Oh, yeah, it's 40 minutes away from you. Drive on down. I'll meet you there. And, and then, then go back to living your life comfortable in your living room. <laughs> or some of them do recon in some of these posts and actually verify they're there um, and then screw with them there. And say, yeah. And just say, oh, no, go into the bank there and try to sell to the people in the bank right there. They, like, they, they set them up there. So um, I'll go through with some of them. Uh, my, pers- my absolute personal favorites, though, Ian are the ingenious ones that talk to two different scalpers and pretend they're interested in both and then give them the description of the other scalper so the two scalpers meet up. <laughs> mwah, mwah, mwah. Bellissima. Bellissima. Oh, that's so mwah. good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, it's fantastic. It's a good thing to have. Um, they, they, I mean, they they post the text. They 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 blank out the people's names and contact. But like one say one person trying to get nine hundred fifty dollars with the PS Five, uh, and he goes, uh, "Let me know when you're here. Uh, are here? Are you here in two minutes? What are you driving?" And goes through it. Oh, I'm in a silver, whatever four by four. And then it, it it goes down to like this is real stuff that's happening. People are really screwing with these people here. And I'll and I'll just say this: it's capitalism in a way. It is. It's 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 the other form of capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're screwing with the p- people to prevent people from getting a product. There you go. Did you did you like any in particular that you saw here? I mean, there weren't any in particular that I saw that I thought were you know a, a, that stood out. But it's fun to just scroll through and 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 see. There's also scammers that the people that are saying, "Oh, I'll ship this to you." There's evidence I ship these, and you know, so it's also pointing out that there's scammers trying to sell these through the mail that they're going after here. Um, people, people, uh, getting their info out there, and um, it, it's interesting because um, I, I don't the scalpers don't care that there's this vitriol hatred towards what they do. They don't see it. They see it online, and it's like, well, I'm making bank and whatever. I don't care. A lot of them reading. pretend to thrive on it. Yes, and that's where I think I don't care that I see this sort of activity. Yes, it's almost like nah, nah, they're like mushing it in your face that I'm doing it. Rarely have I ever met a scalper who's literally like, times are very tough. 
I'm trying to make a little bit of bank here. No, most of them are like, I've got 20 fucking PS2s. Yeah. Suck on my nuts. Yeah, this isn't like, oh, I'm so I'm so destitute that I'm stealing stealing food. In order to scalp, you need money to begin with. Unless you take the dumb yes. risk of maxing out your credit cards and yeah, you're a fucking must, idiot. Yeah, right. But it, it, it's like but, you said, especially with stuff like the PlayStation 5s, these people are probably already rich. You're paying, or they have money. Or they're or, or, or they're not they're not in trouble because after if they're in trouble a- after this then it's their fault for spending but, you know four thousand dollars on eight. But PS5. these are not people that are down on their luck. They're not people down on their luck, and I know some uh, that I'm friends with here and there. Like the last thing I think about is, hey Pat, I'm going to try to risk scalping shit. No one says that, right? No one that I, you need money to make money when it comes to this stuff. And after taxes on the PS5 with this, what would it be like five hundred eighty dollars or so? Something like that with our taxes, like it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It, oh, I'm sorry, I, I did find the one that I five hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, oh, sorry, I did find the one that I liked a lot. Okay. Uh, where he uh, basically he had a dude take an Uber and told him he worked. A, had a dude take an Uber to him, told him he worked at a restaurant, oh, and man. was like, "Just sit down and order some oh, food. No. I'll, I'll comp your meal. I'll be out." In oh, a few that's brilliant. <laughs> And then you're embarrassed to sit with a big fucking box at the Ugh. table. And there's also going after, there's like people, this is disgusting to me, on top of the scalping, trying to run auctions and raffles, which are illegal uh, for them. Um, so they're calling like that and, and trying to, I don't know, if you, hopefully you can report, but one person bought three of them and said, oh, I'm, I'm giving one to my son, but I, I'm selling tickets for $8 a piece with 200 available. So basically $1,600. For the cha- for each, so he's making a thousand dollar profit on each, uh, on these, uh, there. So it's disgusting, disgusting, it's disgusting. Little Johnny wants to play uh, cyberpunk in the proper fashion, the only fashion he can't now, uh, for Christmas. Well, little Johnny should be playing anyway because you know it's, it's hardcore. Little Johnny's and- probably a fucking brat that needs to. Bone up on well, his after school reading. Well, it's hardcore violence, and I right hear giant dong swinging around in that game. So I mean, like maybe maybe a ten year old should be playing it. Maybe 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 parents should wait on some of these, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Here, uh, there's like messages like uh, one message saying, "Buddy, you're a scalper selling a console that millions of kids want for Christmas for over double the price during Corona and the holidays." I think you should take your own advice. You're no different than the people that price gouge hand sanitizer and freaking toilet paper back in March. I wouldn't go that far, but it's still crappy. Yeah, you're a piece of you're a piece of shit, just like all the other console scalpers. Uh, then he said, I can't tell if your butt... The, the scalper responded, I can't tell if your butt hurt over me making some extra money for the holidays or getting off on this uh, just by trying to find something wrong with what I'm doing. Well, here's the thing. Just trying to make extra money, you're taking money from someone. This isn't a retail thing. So when you you making the money, you're directly taking extra money from someone else over Christmas. That's the thing about scalping. It's, right. not, like, there's no, it's not a victimless crime. It's not like, well, you're spending money on your, your kid. Yeah, well, if I'm buying it at Best Buy, I get it. But you're, you're forcing people to spend more money than they should. Exactly. Hundreds of dollars more when times are tough to begin with. Yep. And if, a kid will be disappointed. So don't tell me about how the times are tough and you need to do this to make money when you're, you're taking you're advantage praying. of other people that yeah. are also experiencing tough times. There yeah. are very, very few people, everyday people in the U.S. right now that aren't affected by COVID and monetary uh, income yes. loss in some way, shape, or form this year. I'm not destitute, but I'm out a lot of money this year uh, because of COVID. I'm not complaining. I'm saying like everyone is affected by this in some form or another. Yeah, it doesn't mean you should go. You should go after people in this way uh, with this. Um, and people and people complaining about trying to scalp and not being able to. And so it's. I like this. This is the little guy fighting back. I like this. Yeah. This is this is this is a uh, this is punching up here. 
I didn't see about the restaurant thing. That's brilliant. But I did see about two, having two scalpers meet each other and basically texting both, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm dressed as that. So they must be like they're in binoculars, <laughs> like scoping it out. This is fantastic. Um, oh, here's the one with the comping the meal. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, boy. The best, though, is when, I think the best one is when you have them drive over an hour one way. Because not only are you wasting their time, now they're set back. They can't, time is money, and now they can't sell it to someone else. You've, you put them back a whole basically day, yeah, day or two at that point. So check out, check out scam the scalpers on Reddit. It's fantastic, and you can if you want just a lighthearted holiday. You know, Ian, put put a put on a Yule log, light it up, yeah. Put on your favorite cozy sweater, get some eggnog, and just read read the Reddit <laughs> subreddit here of these interactions here. It's like you're there. Uh, here's one where. Uh, the guy was going to uh, spend a thousand dollars on it and meet him by the zoo. Here, okay, where is this going to go? Now I want to see. Um, an hour away. This was in Honolulu. Okay, this, uh, they, they were going to meet at a Safeway. Uh, here, they were going to meet at a Safeway. He said, "I just pulled up a few minutes ago." All right, pulled pulled behind. Okay. Uh. He says, okay, I'll turn around in the zoo parking lot. You closer towards the water or the spots and near any landmarks? I'm far away. Okay, I'm in a great hunt of it. And then this is how they usually end up. It's, cool, once you get back there, once you go into the zoo, find the monkeys and apologize for wasting millions of years of evolution just to come out the other <laughs> side as a dick-charging double MSRP for a console that you aren't going to use around the holidays. So there's, there's some creativity. There's some art form to some of this. Yes. They, they, think out the, they think out the exit strategy here, which I enjoy. It's not just... Uh, the evolution thing's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Scam the scalpers, Ian. Patreon, Ian? Patreon.com slash CU podcast. That's where the cool kids go to listen to the rock music. <laughs> um, if you want to get a malt, if you get a malt, if you want to support us, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. You, you, uh, you support us with a chosen amount of dollars. Press a couple buttons on the old website. Aru. It's not like real money. It's your credit card. Get some stuff in return. I do writings about once a week. We do uh, a weekly, ha- uh, monthly hangouts. I did mine last week. Uh, you uh, get the full video podcast, and you also get to participate in these weekly polls. In, well, I only did two this week. In second place, it's hanging on. What do you miss most about gaming conventions? Twenty nine percent people. There's a hardcore following, and in the first place, at seventy one percent, Ian, your most disappointing Christmas gifts. This could be anything. This is just games, anything. So this is actually kind of difficult for me because when I really, really think back on it, I have not been disappointed by a ton of Christmas. There was gifts. none. I have not been disappointed by a ton of Christmas gifts. Okay. I just I haven't. Um, in in general, I my my parents have had a pretty good idea of what to get me. Um, but there was the year that I got the Sega Menacer. Uh, okay, for Christmas, the, the the light gun. Yeah, and it sucked so bad. Really? Yeah. It's just not good. It's it uses the same infrared technology as um the super scope does. Okay. You put a little thing on top of the TV. So, it's not just a yeah, it's not just a light gun like the receiver. Know, like right, but there's a receiver and I think that's that I'm not sure why the super scope and the menacer needed it. 
It didn't seem to make it more accurate by any means, but it did seem to allow for rapid fire. That's exactly why. Yeah. So I could yeah, hold yeah. down a button and get rapid fire as opposed to... Otherwise it's chiller. Right. And you can't... doesn't matter. <laughs> so with the zapper, you only can fire off one shot at a time, which makes some games that you were supposed to play with the zapper on the NES, like I think Operation Wolf, fairly difficult. Oh, it's really tough with a zapper, Operation Wolf. Yeah, very difficult because there is no rapid fire. Um... Unfortunately, it, it came at a cost, and I only ever owned the uh, pack-in game with it that had, like, six mini-games on it. It was essentially the, the Sega's version of the Super Scope 6, and, like, and they weren't good. Like, one of them was, like, keep a ball, or, like, you had, it was, like, the, the gun was, like, a flashlight, and you had to keep, like, a light on a ball as you moved oh, it around Oh, really? The it was, like, tech demo stuff? And there was, like, yeah, there was one oh, where no. it was, you were also the ball, and you had to, like, bounce other balls and keep them, like, in the air. There was a couple of cool ones. There was the, uh, there was a Toe Jam and Earl one, which was, like, a, a scrolling, like, belt shooter, you know, like, the arcade game shooters. Okay. And it had, like, all the characters and all the weird stuff from, like, the first Toe Jam and Earl in there, and there was some fun interactions and stuff like that. But, yeah, for the most part, it was awful. And I don't think it was well-supported, either. I think the, uh, I think one of the only... I'll look that, it up right now, Sega Minister games. I think the one of the only games that supported it was uh, T2, the arcade game. Yeah, because I had that box variant where it came with that. Yeah. Um, so I think T2, the arcade game, is one of the only ones that it it was uh, usable with. There were eight games only. So what, and, and half were Sega CD. No, no, you're right. Most were Sega CD, so you can't even count those. What I mean, they? you can count them. Here you go. The Menacer six-game cart, which was packed in. It was not right. available separately, I don't think? No. And, well, maybe it was if, if the Terminator 2 version you had to buy separately. I've never seen a separate six-game cart. Well, there's a box on eBay, so you can get it in a box. It came, it came, oh, it came with a box. It came with a box. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I should, I should pick up the box just to have because I never saw it. Okay. Terminator 2. Um, and the last one on the Mega Drive or Sega channel was Body Count, which did not come out here. What okay. the hell is Body Count? Never heard of that. Uh, it's a rail shooter. And then there was ones on the Sega CD. Mad Dog McCree. Okay. That makes sense. Who Shot Johnny Rock. Okay, so the American Laser Games. Uh, Mad Dog 2. Okay. Which is not as good as the first one. Corpse Killer. Yeah. And Crime Patrol. Okay. I thought those used the... Uh, Justifier? Justifier. Actually. Probably both, I'm guessing. Mad Dog would be functionable, functional with uh, uh, the um, Justifier, but Who Shot Johnny Rock and Crime Patrol might not have been. Those might have, used, those might have used like the Rapid Fire. So the Justifier didn't use the Infrared, right? That was Light Gun? Justifier did not use infrared, if I recall. It's just, like it's just a, a plug-in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think that's right because then you bought the second gun, the plug-in directly. Same for Super Nintendo. Okay, wow, that's a that's a really bad count. I mean, not that the Super Nintendo was, was great with their games either. It was probably around seven games, six games, but that's really really low. Yeah, it was um, not good, and um, it, yeah, it just wasn't fun to use. And it just it came at that age where I knew, obviously, I did not believe in Santa, uh, and I wanted it. My brother wanted it. And it was it was just I knew we weren't going to use it very much, and I felt bad that my parents had wasted the money on it. Well, how much you think it was back then? Like it was, bucks? I remember it was eighty. It was eighty, 80 bucks. bucks. I remember because I remember the year we asked for it. I remember the commercial was like under eighty bucks, seventy nine ninety nine. Um, 
So it wasn't like everything for Christmas, but it was a big chunk of both of our Christmases. And I, like I said, I just I felt bad. You know, Your parents want you to be happy for Christmas. They get you what you ask for, and then you find out that what you asked for is a giant load of shit. <laughs> well, they didn't do good in the Super Nintendo either. That's right. There was only several games, and and a couple of them were just bonus things, like Lemmings Lemmings Two. You could like shoot in two player co op mode. You can like shoot the Lemmings or something. And there was another weird one. Uh, yeah, Lamborghini American Challenge. There's a Super Scope exclusive mode. That's like not the main game. It's just they threw it. They threw it in. Battle Clash. Hunt for Red October has a bonus game that you can use it optionally. Battle Clash and the other one were actually pretty fun games Five, in practice. Six, but seven. The scope sucked to use. So there's only nine Super Scope games where you you needed the. There's only nine. So nine versus eight. So Battle the, Clash, Metal Combat, Yoshi's Safari. Um, what's the one? It's like in the zone or X zone. X zone was hard to find. T like two had the support. T two. And Bazooka Blitzkrieg. That's an Operation Thunderbolt. Okay. Operation Thunderbolt I did not know about. Very uncommon game. Um, so it's interesting because now I'm looking at the... Now that we're making debates about light guns. They didn't... I don't think the Genesis... I don't think Sega plan to support this. Shocker. Because it came out and then a week later Terminator 2 came out and that was it. Yeah. So then it was all Sega CD and... And uh, yeah, that was it. They'd, and if I recall that's really, correctly... That's really a bad strategy. Because even, even Nintendo had two or three games out pretty quick when yeah. it came out. And I, as I recall, this was a couple of years after the Super Scope too. So I'm just wondering why it ever got done. It, it, it was oh. one of those things that they just like put the the R and D into, and they were like, "All right, well, we guess I guess we gotta no. shove it out there." According to this, it was the same year. 92. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Super Nintendo came out in '91, so they had a few years on it. They waited for the Super Scope. It seems like uh, on here. So okay, so that's your bad one, and we know Home Alone Two was bad. Yeah, we know that. Okay, what were my bad ones? So, Christmas of 88 will go down as the worst Christmas ever. I feel bad because I was a whiny brat uh, that day. But it was a bad Christmas uh, because Zelda 2 never arrived. We talked about that, and that's what I really wanted. Yeah, we all know that one. I got two, two, um, two of my first Lego uh, castle sets. I got the smaller gray good guys and the, and the larger, larger bad guys black castle. I got those. That was good. But then I got zero gravity cliffhangers. Which was fucking garbage. The one that goes up the wall. Remember the, you all remember the commercial. Zero gravity cliffhanger. It had a one loop. Went up in the wall. When I say that thing did not work, it did not work. I don't know if it's because we were had on a carpet and there was something with electromagnetic action. But on the commercial, you press the trigger, that thing would zip up the wall. When I had it, we tried it on Christmas, it would go up the wall and get stuck, go up the wall and fall down. They said, well, you can improve the tr- track by rubbing a racer on it or some charcoal thing or something. It was garbage. And that was the only... I felt bad because I, I, those commercials were always on for those those track racers. Then they came out with the one that you would switch lanes and try to... Yeah. To, I was put off after that. Put off forever. I probably were better off buying for a cheap one because that was an expensive gift. That's I love I, slot cars, but my buddy yeah. had... Uh, yeah. This, did he have zero gravity cliffhangers? He did, and I remember it working, but I never could do it. I remember him like sitting in his room and watching him, and he got it around a couple of times. It's tough. But I couldn't fucking... You had to yeah. like, time it like a real race yeah. car? It, it was, was very not, difficult. not as advertised. And I looked it up afterwards. They had cliffhangers. It came before that had that. Didn't have the extra loop, but it had up the wall. Um, so that was garbage. Yeah, up uh, the wall is what I remember. Not the sorry, not the loop. Just the up the wall part. Yeah. So zero gravity had up up the wall. Then it had a little loop. Gotcha. I believe um, that they added. I believe. Uh, so that was returned. And honestly, I probably end up buying another uh, NES game 
uh, with that or something, or I just or my dad gave me the, the cash or something. Because when you're when you are eight years old, you want cash. Cash is like it's hard to get cash except your grandparents yeah. give you money for your birthday or your aunt. And you immediately uncle. blow it on candy. No, I saved up for games. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, did, I, I was or or I buy a comic book here and there when I was a kid or a GI Joe, but GI Joes were cheap. That's the thing. It's like, oh, here, mom, here's two bucks. They're on sale. Buy one, get one at Kmart. You know, buy a couple GI Joes, uh, things like that. But um, that was a bad gift. Zero gravity, zero gravity cliffhangers. Radio Shack, Highway Radio Shack, uh, LCD was disappointing. And the only reason I want to say it was bad, for some reason in 86, all the aunts and uncles on the one side, it must have been a Secret Santa thing, decided to buy everyone a handheld Radio Shack. I don't know if it was a new thing. In 86, I think they came out maybe a year or two before that, Radio Shack. But they put out their own line of handhelds. Ian knows this. He's an expert. Mm-hmm. There was about four or five of them. Alien Attack. Uh, There's a tank battle. T- tank, t- tank, which highway. I have now. And there was a volcano one. And then there was Highway. So yeah. all my cousins got the exciting, like, Alien Attack and Tank. I got Highway. And like, well, what's left? Uh, Pat gets Highway. Well, well, un- un- Uncle John, um, you got that one for... for well, they did a Secret Santa, probably. So I got Highway, and Highway isn't a bad game. When you play these Radio Shack games, for the time, they were more advanced than a lot of these other earlier ones. To me, they were. Um, but when you get Highway, you get made fun of when everyone gets alien attack yeah. and fucking tanks sh- shit, and you're, you're, you're dropping off... Cu- it's weird, because you're like getting hitchhikers, which isn't safe anyway, and dropping them off, and you're avoiding hitting uh, dogs in the, in, the, in the highway. There is a cool little slot, slot machine thing, though, in the game. So I said, it was advanced at the time. Uh, this one, but looking back, I was like, I was disappointed in Highway. But I played the hell out of it until I got my Tiger uh, LCD. The first one I got was like football, I think in 87, a year later. I like that football one. It's fun. Tiger ones are, are solid. They're solid, mm. for the most part. The ti- the early Tiger ones are solid. The later Tiger oh, ones you don't are like- all dog shit. All dog shit. Just- no, 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 no. Ninja Gaiden was fun. Ninja Gaiden. All right. You had, you had, you had power-ups. Ninja Gaiden was semi-complex. Semi-complex. Ninja Gaiden. But anyway, so that was disappointing. Um, going back to toys, looking back, I should not have asked for the Chuck Norris figures. Um, I don't know why why Pat would ask for Chuck Norris figures in the late '80s. There was no TV show with Chuck Norris. It's, it was a weird line <laughs> of toys. They weren't bad toys. Like the, like the, I had the the ninja with the arm. You, you wound up the arm and it spun around and it could hit you in the face with a little uh, weapon, like a little Sith on a little mini rope. Chuck Norris, you squeeze his legs and he did a he did a nunchuck action. Um, but it was a weird thing. Was there a Chuck Norris cartoon? Because what did they base the toys on? I don't know. There was a Chuck Norris cartoon. Karate Commandos with a K. That was not on TV. They did five episodes. Wow. That was on September 15th of 1986. Well, I know it was that Christmas then. That was also around the same time they started coming out with the, with the Karate Kid figures with the second movie. Ah, uh, right, right. So it was around that same time. And the Karate Kid cartoon, though, I think, believe, believe came out eight later. Because there, there was a couple of series of the Karate Kid toys. Didn't have any of those. I don't know how I asked for this because I never watched this cartoon ever. But that was Chuck Norris was did star as himself though. Good for you, Chuck. You actually did the voice because I don't think Stallone did his voice in the uh, Rambo cartoon. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> he's not I'm too busy. Um, so anyway, he was a U.S. government operative with a team of racially diverse warriors known as the Karate Commandos. I do remember he had a couple of uh, different figures there. So anyway, that was disappointing just because I got the two figures and never played with them after that. I didn't like advance the line. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know it wasn't like Transformers. You get a bunch of GI Joe. That was it. That was disappointing. Um, looking back in retrospect, Akari Warriors was definitely disappointing to get that as, as, a, oh, yeah. as a game gift. Definitely disappointing. Uh, Stanley Cup hockey, NHL uh, Stanley Cup for Super Nintendo was definitely disappointing. 
I hyped myself up so much for that game. And then with the Mode 7, boy, that was a mistake. I struggled to get through a season of that. And I don't think I, I completed the whole season of that. Uh, even as good old plucky Brian Leach on the Rangers. It was a neat look, but yeah, that did oh, not Oh, that play. was a rough game to play. That's like, to get to get from one end to the other, you, you time that out, ooh, it takes like 20 seconds to skate from one. It's It takes forever. Does it really to get from I mean, one like, side it, of the ice to the other? It seems super slow. It's like you're walking across the ice <laughs> compared to playing like NHL. Uh, so that was disappointing. Uh, I told you this before. I was I was I was overly bratty looking back, but I was like you know I was like thirteen, fourteen, you know, fifteen years old, maybe a little bit older. Uh, my mom got me the giant tin of popcorn, different flavored popcorns, where I never ha- expressed a like for popcorn in my life ever for caramel popcorn or cheese. So like I was overly upset. I was a I, I, I should have been smacked. I, I was I was overly. Uh, crappy that day that was crazy uh there so so that was really bad but the worst ever and the one i feel bad with because my reaction cannot be held in to my aunt my board again christian aunt rest in peace aunt joe i was probably 10 years old aunt or great aunt aunt okay my aunt joe uh I always wonder because I always I, I had a great aunt that we called aunt, and I know a lot of other people who did too. Okay. So I can never I know. know if aunt is hey, aunt or aunt. It's like if you're Italian, you're all cousins. Yeah, and they're like second cousin, eighth removed, whatever. <laughs> so I have one aunt, one one aunt uh, on the one side, one uncle. So I was nine years old, maybe ten, and we all get we all get clothes for Christmas every year. We all get a shirt, we get slacks. Maybe socks is like the big thing in Christmas story. They throw it over their heads. They hate socks. I think I actually got socks, by the way. I would get clothes. My sister would get me like a nice Banana Republic shirt. My sister was always good for fashion for me, like in my teens into my 20s. She always could pick out something that was reasonable. Because I was now I'm pretty good, but back in my early 20s, I was horrible. Um, So clothes is to be expected. What my aunt got me, though, was a blue. With a red striped heavy cotton jogging suit, full zip up top, <laughs> full pants. Did you do a lot of jogging? No, no. Okay. <laughs> and I think my aunt realized that. Hence the impetus to get me that. <laughs> You're gonna work out this year, Patrick. <laughs> Thick but quick. But it was an embarrassing outfit that a nine or ten year old would never, ever, ever wear. You don't see nine-year-olds wearing matching jogging suits. Like, no. You don't see nine-year-olds jogging. The look on my face, I feel so bad because I could not pretend to even... I could not hold in my disappointment on all fronts. Not just that you got me a jogging suit. You're basically telling me you're fat. You should work out. Basically, (laughs) is what you're saying. But it was god-awful. I never wore it at the time. Like, I felt bad because she realized... I, I was just like... Like, I couldn't pretend. You're nine years old. Yeah, you can't like, pretend. Oh, it's like, I couldn't. This? My reaction would have been better for socks, to be honest. Because, sure. like, at least I'd wear the socks. It did not go over well. I was at my grandparents. They gave it. It was great because on my grandparents, uh, you would go over Christmas night. You'd open up your presents Christmas Day. Then you go over Christmas night and you have the, the meat sauce. Oh, God. Mud on. You get the stuff. My grandma makes stuffed shells, obviously, sausage mm-hmm. and brajol. And the meatballs, you had the salad and the and the bread. Then you'd open up, you'd open up presents. So it was like the, it was a whole day of opening presents at Christmas. Then sometimes I'm eating. And then sometimes you go over. That, oh, that was supper. That was like two p.m. So it was great. So then you go over to your your uh, their side of the family at night. So you have like two nice big meals. 
You had supper at like two, then you go over later and have maybe go over for dessert later. So it was spread out. You might get a present from a great aunt, but probably not. So that to me was a, the most disappointing present I'd ever gotten or will ever receive, uh, likely. Um, and then years later, I want to say I was 14. Uh, my sister took a picture of me. I tried on. I was way too big, and my gut was hanging at the bottom. So it was a very attractive picture of me. I hope my sister saw the picture. I'm in the pants. The pants don't fit, and the top is like coming down to like my belly button. And my guts hanging at the bottom. My sister snapped a picture of it. And that was before we probably gave it away or, or threw it out. It was like five years later, you know, I was like probably yeah, 14 years old. So uh, Monica, if you're listening out there, find that picture of me. It's somewhere because it's probably on a disposable camera from like '94, '95 of, of me trying on the, that awful jogging suit years later <laughs> and those were my most disappointing uh presents i ever got screw you zero hang uh, zero gravity cliffhangers that was a joke that present so so thanks for the patreon uh question i think that went over well yeah thanks that was a that was a good one that was good you know, i never told you about that never, that never came out before about the jogging suit no i'm pretty sure you have now that i heard the story hey hey we've been doing the podcast for seven and a half years I mean, we're gonna repeat stuff yeah it happens at this point it's gonna happen all right, is that it for the podcast? We that is it for this podcast. I wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, however you, you, you celebrate. Um, it's I think this year we not to be cheesy. I think we need this Christmas this year. We need like like a this goodwill at least a little bit and feeling okay just for a day. Like like I'm gonna pig out at Frank's. I said Frank, spare no expense. I will pay for all the Italian pastries. Just get them. They're expen- I don't. I, I said he's gonna get the rambava with the cream on top. Like I said, I've never had it before. I want two. I want one Christmas Eve, and I'll have one Christmas Day. Like I said, I said, Frank, text me beforehand. I will buy everything. I will buy the mushroom salad. The, you know the Marion mushroom salad? Yeah. Ah, I said, buy a pound of it. I don't care if it's just two or three of us. I'm going to pig out. I used to make that stuff I will gain time. If I don't gain two or three pounds between now and uh, New Year's Day, it'll be a failure. Like I want, <laughs> I want, to, I want to gain weight over the holidays. I want to be a little uh, thicker. Uh, that's awesome. I, I need some. I need some. Some uh, you know some uh, respite. Everyone does, I think, and, and hopefully we get it. You're going to see friends or something, or no? I don't know. Vani and I are going to hang out. I don't know. If we're going to. I mean, chomp on some tamales. Yeah, eat tamales. We've got all of those. And my chicken choose. ones, meat ones, mm-hmm. pork. Pork, pork, pork and queso. Pork with verde and then queso, which are generally my favorite. Love the cheese ones. Yeah, so we do. Everyone always has to ask, to ask about, talk about the antipasta. Uh, just to let you guys know that you're missing out on. You, we have the antipasta. It's, it's a feast of the seven fish on Christmas Eve. It's the best meal ever concocted. So you get the antipasta. You got your, your mushroom salad. You got all your meats. You got your brujut. You got maybe a hot ham. You got your salami. You got your pepperoni. Mm, either the ham. or either the sliced pepperoni or, or I like the stick. I like the stick. stick. But Frank usually goes for the. He usually does the, uh, like the deli oh, style, the, yeah. the sandwich style, which we never sure. had pepperoni as a kid on a sandwich. But you do that. You got your you got your uh, sharp provolone. You got your fresh mozzarella, uh, which is fantastic. And then you get the... He makes the eggplant dish, the Italian eggplant dish with the little carrots in it. Mm. 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 God, I'm fucking starving. Um, the mushroom salad I talked about, my, my, my grandma used to make it, my sister, but you can just buy it at the Italian, uh, one of the Italian uh, bakeries and delis in Little Italy. You can just buy it by the pound. 
it's just a lot easier because the marinade you can marinate that for like uh, twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when so. I I used to I I was just saying I used to have to make that all the time as a side dish for caterings and oh uh, you did it's so, pretty easy it's pretty easy to make it but yeah you want it to sit it's overnight. not a ferment. Yeah, you want it to sit overnight. Yeah. You want I mean, mushrooms are fucking little tasty sponges. You want it to soak all that shit up. Oh, it's so good. Uh, then you put the celery in it. Uh, you put a couple other little things in there. Um, so there's that. Frank buys the half-baked loaves from the Italian bakery, so you finish them off in the oven so they're fresh. It's nice. It's amazing. It's nice. It's amazing, uh, that. Um, and then we'll have anchovies. I like to do sardines because my grandfather used to do sardines. And also for my grandfather's tribute, I do the scallions or green, or green onions. Yes. I, just, just for my, I try to pay tribute to my grandfather for a few little things like that. That's one of the reasons why I, I like to whistle. My grandfather used to always whistle. I, I, and it, it went to me. Uh, my grandfather was a, was a special person. I don't talk about him too much. A uh, little harsh, a little old school, but like a, a, a deep down a good hearted person. A nice guy. Yes. He was he was open to being more progressive in his own 1930s way. I'll just say, like, sure. for 19 for someone who grew up in the 20s, he's like, oh, you're pretty progressive for some things. I think I mentioned him a couple things he said. It was like, okay, you can't say it nowadays, but if you're, you know, I understand, Grandpa. <laughs> um, and then that's just any pasta. Well, Ian just looks at Meredith Baxter Bernie stuff. Nope, uh, I was looking up a recipe for marinated mushroom salad to see if it was still basically the same way <laughs> right? I remembered it. Yeah. And then once you get to the main course. There's usually you got to get seven fish in there, however way you choose. So anchovies kind of count. So traditionally, back in Jersey, what you do then you do the you do the uh, the, the pasta course next. That'd be the second course, or the what is it? Secondi is the second course. What's prim- prim- primera? Something. So you do the you do the like uh, a pasta linguine with a clam sauce. That's what we would do in New Jersey. Um, Frank does just a seafood pasta. He just says screw it. We're gonna throw in. Maybe clams. We're going to throw in lobster. Mm. We're going to throw in scallops. We're going to throw in shrimp. Num num. We'll get all the fish. And mollusks count as fish to Italians. It, it counts. Shrimp counts. It's, it's not technically a fish. It counts. It's, it's, it's seafood. It's, it's in the sea. It doesn't matter. It's from the mar. So we would do that. That's what we do with Frank. Now, in Jersey, though, my mom would then uh, do a separate uh, thing where you'd have flounder, and we'd have grilled and fried shrimp, and my sister would make calamari sometimes. She'd make it from scratch, fried calamari. She'd bread them and do all that. God, I love calamari. Frank does calamari sometimes, but not usually. Um, so we do that. That'd be a course. And then, if you're not dead yet, from like basically three courses, you relax. Sometimes we exchange gifts. We do we do we with the with the cousins and the, and the and the aunt only one, an uncle. Then it's dessert. Then it's Italian pastries. I'm not going to get into every single Italian pastry type, but there's basically like four or five that exist that are really good that you have around Christmas and then if you're lucky you have struffoli which are honey balls mm. which I don't know how Italians figured out their recipe they put a little anisette the flavor just right it's not like oh I've had a fried dough no you haven't like this no it's different it's, it's different Ian knows I, I always treat Ian for a little bit every year I, it's very good I like Ian enough to give him some struffoli every year because you can't because no one makes it not even most Italian bakeries don't make it they don't so I get it flown in flown in I get it shipped from uh, Circos in New York in. <laughs> every year. No, this year I went nuts. This year I went online and literally went on Google Maps and looked at all the Italian bakeries in like New York City, like around. There's like 20 of them, 25 of them. And then I looked at like the pictures and what they had. Most of them didn't have Struffoli, just about only a couple had Struffoli. None of them had the butterfly, the little cupcake, little pastry. It may be Italian, but every Italian bakery had it. If anyone out there knows a bakery, Italian bakery, that makes the butterfly... 
let me know, please. I will pay you money. I'll, there'll be a finder's fee if I can get these things mailed out to me. I have not had a butterfly in 15 years because even the places in Jersey stopped making them for some reason. And all the Italian bakeries don't make a cupcake. It's basically a cupcake pastry. They don't make it anymore. Now I'm starving. It's a quest to find the butterfly, Ian. Me too. I'm off. One? No, I don't think I've had a butterfly. This is what they do with the butterfly. It's a yellow type. It's basically the same cake, yellow cake as a, a, a rumbaba. You remember rumbaba? Mm-hmm. Same type of cake. It's a cupcake form. They scoop out the top of the cupcake, the top middle. They put that same sort of like uh, custard Napoleon cream on it. You know, that yellow cream, you know, yeah. the goodness. They put that on it. They usually put a little cherry on top. Then then they 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 cut, they make the the butterfly wings. They're like these cookie things. I th- at first I thought it was it was what they cut out of the middle of the cupcake and they put it in half. No, these harden like cookie things as the as the wings, and it's a cupcake pastry and it's it is magical. Something and, like this. Yeah, not all that powdered sugar shit. Sure, sure. But it's in that area. But it, it's it's the it's the cusp. It doesn't have the cream though on it, does it? In the top, does it? Uh, not enough. No, that's not it. So it's magical. All right, I'm 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 so hungry. I'm I'm starting to get fevered. Uh, now. Alright, that's it. We're done. Hey, Good people day. want to hear about the Italian meal. Uh, no, it, no, that's, I get, I get fine. I, I don't eat the whole day. Even if it's at, like at night, before intermittent fasting, I would not eat until like, we don't, you don't eat until like six. You don't sit down six or seven. You don't, you don't, you eat from like seven to midnight. That's how, that's how the meal goes. Like it's that, it's like a five hour thing between breaks and stuff. It's a whole thing. Then if you're Frank, what he said his uncles and cousins used to do, after midnight, you're allowed to eat. So this is what this is how, okay. I gotta explain this real quick. The reason why you eat fish is because traditionally Catholics could not eat fish on Christmas Eve. Any any Friday, you can only eat fish. You yes. couldn't eat. Excuse me, you couldn't eat meat. So you were not allowed to eat meat on Christmas Eve. That was somehow grandfathered into not eating meat every Friday. That was changed with Vatican II in the early '60s. So you have fish if you're a Catholic, old school Italian in Jer- Jersey, like my, my mom. Every Friday you had fish. I wish they brought that back and encouraged people to eat fish more. Anyway. So at midnight, Frank would say, that's when Christmas begins. His uncles are real um, Ginzan stuff. He, he, he'd break out the sausages and peppers. We're going to eat sausages and peppers at 1 in the morning and play cards down in the basement. <laughs> that's what you did. Old school Italians. You know, back in like the 50s and 60s. There you go. All right, that's Ian. I'm Pat. Happy holidays, everyone. Toodly do. We'll see you later.